are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. The police are after me, she said. Yeah, held their gun to my head. Somehow I ducked, escaped, and fled the scene. Well, they already ran my team. Yeah, they already ran my team. They pulled me off the train in the Portland rain. Mid-November ain't the warmest ride, and the greener ain't the best place to hide, especially when you're riding suicide. Especially when you're riding suicide. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't even believe in. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me again for a crime I don't believe in. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. So I got back on when they were gone on the flag at old gondola. Then I smoked the resin in my bunk because the police didn't find it. Woke up in a mountain range, walked to a cold, wet, lonesome pain. And then the time it came to get the fuck off the train because the police are after me again. For crime, I don't even believe it. Yeah, the police are after me again. Yeah, the police are after me, my friend. For crime, I don't even believe it. Yeah, the police are after me again. She said the police, police are after me for being dirty. Trespassing, they hate me because I ain't clean, but I think they're the ones who are dirty. Alright, we're doing this one way or another. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Garrett Schalke podcast. I am your host, Garrett Schalke. And we are back here again in good old Cowan Zoo, Elmblad Media Group Studios, here at the Park Trade Center. And today, my uh, guest, I believe this is your third time on this show. Yep, that's correct. Do, so, a certain amount of times do I get, like, so if, if I appear on your podcast, like, five times, do I get, like, some, some free swag, like like a book bag, or like a mug, or, like, no. <laughs> well, I can figure out something, yeah. I mean, yeah. now that I got, uh, now that I'm getting my stuff distributed on other platforms, mm-hmm. including Spotify, yeah, your voice you is getting out there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But uh, he has many things. He's a DJ, radio host, rapper, house venue operator, a member of the Kalamazoo Socialist Party, caretaker, and now a candidate for Kalamazoo City Commission. Yeah, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, oh boy. Andrew James Argo, <laughs> a.k.a. Andy Argo. Andy Argo, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, you had to change your name on there because I guess they thought you were a Russian spy or a bot or something. Oh, um, actually, this is some good nuts and bolts for anybody who's ever planning to, uh, if you're planning to use Facebook ads to build up your page, and this is whether it's political or not, um, you have to, it, Facebook name has to match up with your actual legal name, so... That's why it's now Andrew James Argo instead of just Andy Argo, which is colloquially what basically everybody in town knows me as. But well, it may help you. Andrew yeah. James Argo is your Christian name. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That will help you out with the Christian conservatives. <laughs> you guys have got the godly vote there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I explained that Jesus, uh, you know, kind of wanted us to take care of the poor and that, uh, you know, so that his, some of his first disciples basically started a Occupy Wall Street style encampment. And, uh, oh, hang uh, on, that's, that's, that's the cuck version of Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus don't, don't, you, remember, don't you, you see, that was censored by all the snowflakes throughout the years. Mm-hmm. The actual <laughs> Sermon on the Mount is 
fuck the poor and give me my gun. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's American Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Andy, my friend, it's good to have you on again. Mm-hmm. Good, good to be on. Yeah. As I said in the car, too, I admire your long hair, your mutton chops. Well, thank you. Yeah. As mm-hmm. I, too, now finally have my ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> I grew out of that fucking Partridge family haircut. <laughs> it, can, it can only get better from here. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> Moving on up, sweetheart. We're doing it. No, no. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, folks, I uh, had to pick up Mr. Argo here as he was canvassing. That's right. Yep. Uh, knocked, in, uh, knocked on doors for about eight hours over in the east side neighborhood today. Um, very proud of it. And just uh, let anybody know who's, uh, if you're running and you don't want to, like, sacrifice your principles, you want to run as, like, an, an socialist, it's possible, but you gotta put in the footwork, and it's a lot of footwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess before we begin on the whole campaign itself, mm-hmm. yeah, how did that go today? Like, huh? What was it a, a particular experience from other canvassing you've done over the week? Well, you know, um, something that's been really interesting uh, canvassing this campaign because I've done a lot of canvassing before, different uh, politicians for various. Uh, uh, you know, uh, initiatives or ballot petitions, etc. But um, you know what's what's really gone well, and this is this is a part. This is one of our Kalamazoo Socialist Party hypotheses that has been proven kind of beyond our expectations, honestly. Um, which, when, uh, which, by the way, when I was uh, writing the intro here, mm-hmm. for some reason I wrote Kalamazoo Socialist Club. No, it's it's. It's not a club. It's a party. Yeah. Like, I just realized yeah, yeah. that when I was introducing it, I'm like Kalamazoo Socialist. Yeah. Party, party. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go on. Mm. But uh, so, kind of the way we've split it up, um, we're we're encouraging our volunteer canvassers to focus on um, at least this kind of uh, early period. Well, it's not really early in, t- in campaign terms, but we're we're having them focus on places like Winchell and Westnich Hill, uh, specifically to kind of find uh, allies, uh, people who are. Uh, sympathetic to social movements in Kalamazoo. Um, you know, there it's basically, we don't want to leave anything on the table. Those are traditionally the areas that Democratic candidates play strongest in. And I think we have a reasonable chance at swaying a lot of the kind of activist belts that exist in those neighborhoods. But So, so it's not just you out there today? No, no. Uh, we had a, a couple of our volunteers over in Winchell, uh, some people in West Mitchell over the weekend, um, we'll say that's probably our biggest need right now. We need more door knockers. Uh, again, you know, we've got all the rest, all of the ingredients for a winning grassroots campaign. But, um, you know, again, that's like getting all, all the perfect ingredients without um, a crust. And that's not to downplay. Uh, again, our canvassers have been out there doing a really fantastic job. Um, it's just kind of been like, you know, things are starting to heat up a lot. Um, some of the other candidates, particularly like the Democratic ones, have really robust door knocking efforts too. So we gotta, we really gotta step up um, and and at least you know match that, exceed it. Uh, I, I will say though, um, so as far as knocking on doors in working class neighborhoods, you know that's the one thing I always tell you: don't don't focus on those places uh, if you're trying to win an election. Um, again, the main priority of this campaign is not even necessarily to get that city commission seat. It's to organize working-class people in Kalamazoo. And when I knock on these doors, um, it's, it's, it's very different. When you start talking about building a working-class movement, 
working class solidarity. There's an excitement I've seen when I talk to these people that I have not seen when I've been out canvassing before, either for like other candidates or other issues. So I think like we've really we've hit a very particular vein here in Kalamazoo with the working class. Um, that I think is, is very strong, and it's going to mean we're going to have a very solid base after the election, regardless of what pans out to start doing a lot of our, again, like you know, working class organizing projects. So, well, I thank you, Andy, because you kind of uh, did a pretty good segue there. So let's start at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Andy, when did you decide to run for state commission? Any particular reason or event that happened that uh, made you want to do it? Well, you know, um, it's honestly, it's something I've been thinking about for the last two or three years now. Um, ever since, uh, and granted, my, my personal politics have shifted and evolved since, you know, the 2015 uh, Bernie campaign. Good. But, um, but um, you know, for the, the idea that it's, you know, grassroots organizers, working class people, those are the ones who need to run for these seats, that's been something that's been in my head for a while now. Now, over the last year, I've been thinking really hard about how do, how do you run an explicitly anti-capitalist campaign while also using a lot of the knowledge I've gained in these progressive electoral, well, election groups, thinking like Michigan United, um, Michigan for Liberation, People's Action, um, and integrate that into like a viable uh, winning campaign. So I've been thinking about that probably for the last year. And uh, once we did the reboot of the Kalamazoo Socialist Party, I had some comrades I was working with. We um, really kind of developed a plan, you know, kind of run as run as a slate, which isn't currently happening. I can talk about that a little bit more uh, later in the show. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get um, that. I do have yeah. a question about the evolution of the campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's honestly, I've been thinking about it since 2017. It was this year that I, I thought, you know what, I think I've got the chops for it this time. I've, I've got enough experience, um, and uh, I, I really wanted to kind of try out, you know, as much as I, it is it is uh, definitely an experiment. We do have precedents around the country. I think a lot about uh, some of the DSA people who've gotten into these positions. Uh, Lee Carter, you know, he, he took on um, a district in his, his home state of Virginia, uh, West Virginia, I think, that is far more conservative than, you know, the city of Kalamazoo is, and he ended up toppling the uh, top uh, Republican delegate in his state. So there are precedents for it. I think, you know, you can see people with my kind of politics winning in places where well, they're not expected to well, win. Oh, yeah, because Al- Alexandria yeah. Ocasio-Cortez won, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even here in Michigan, Rashid Tlaib won. Yep, that's right. Yep. So, uh, so I, I pulled the trigger on it in late April, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, my, again, I was trying to think of how to make sure that we build a good feed lap, feedback loop between this, this electoral um, action and the movement building that we're trying to do. Uh, canvassing and what we've been doing with the campaign has been really helpful in that, I think, if you just start knocking on people's doors, just like I'm just tr- some rando trying to organize a working class, <laughs> it's something people aren't very familiar with. But if you start out, it's like I'm running for this office and I want to organize a working class. But it's some people understand a little bit more in like a modern political context. But if you really think about it, aren't all political candidates who knock on your door randos at artists? That's definitely true. Just uh, some of those randos have a lot of uh, money and institutional support. No, even Ber- <laughs> even Bernie Sanders yeah. started out as a rando. That, that, that's definitely true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, 
you mentioned before that you did put some thought into this for a couple of years now. Yeah. yeah. Have you, uh, before this, have you thought about running for any type of uh, political or government position? Or have you, like, ever ran for anything, say, when you were in college or high school? You know, uh, actually, I haven't. And, you know, I think a, a big part of uh, the reason for that is, you know, uh, my, my, my experience as, like, a grassroots organizer really goes back to, like, 2014, 2015. But, you know, I'm 32. I've been in this community a very long time. But there's a certain uh, aspect of Kalamazoo in particular. A lot of, like, the, the best leftists do not participate in the system uh, for good reason because we can uh, confirm yes can confirm you know uh we you know we have an honest analysis systemic analysis of it and you know uh you know bottom line even uh the the reason the movement building piece is such a strong part of what we're pushing is yeah we've got this really great platform um and, and all that and we want to be a representative for the working class of Kalamazoo but without actually building a broad working class movement, you're not going to see most of this stuff done or doable. There's only so much the city can do, especially within the confines that we have in Kalamazoo, which, you know, we've basically got a couple of billionaires, uh, more or less, with their hands on the purse strings. And uh, I, I go in a much deeper discussion about that. I've actually got, I, I do have some friends who are on the foundation board and uh, get a little bit of pushback because it is doing good things but bottom line the kind of solutions we're going to need uh, are diametrically opposed to the interests of capital and capitalists and specifically the capitalists that live in this city and no one city commissioner even mayor are going to be able to push back against that without broad-based working class support yeah real serious question here have you considered knocking on those rich donors' doors? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, if you're rich and you're listening to this, um, you know well, that's my main it, audience. Is yeah, it multi-billionaires. But uh, no, uh, well, you know there is such a thing as being a class trader, and if uh, if you are of the wealthy, that's the highest compliment I can give you. Uh, I will say we actually did get a really substantial donation from. Uh, somebody I've known for a while, like family friend, who you know um, uh, had had some had some pocket change, and they were able to give us um, a lot of uh, walking around money to get pamphlets and uh, campaign lit. So I got to give a big big thanks nice. to them. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, like our our whole funding structure is direct asks. Uh, you know, like people in my family and friends uh, network. Uh, we are going to be, you know, making a couple of uh, funny asks for just like small dollar donations. We got yard signs coming up, which if you ever run for office before, for fuck's sake, yard signs, goddamn. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, give us a preview. Like, what's the cool ass logo you have for yourself? Oh, um, well, uh, actually, we've got a, a, a good friend of ours is doing some graphic design work for us. Um, our bumper sticker, and I think the yard sign will have have kind of this imagery too, but. It's uh, the Kalamazoo skyline. Uh, there's going to be like a sun that's shaped like a gear. Uh, Andy Argo for City Commission, and we haven't uh, we haven't honed down quite yet on what the slogan is, but it's some it's going to be something like you know of the workers for the workers or for the working class or something that puts it. it all back into that. Make Kalamazoo great again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually did have my first uh, overt Trumper interaction earlier. Oh, nice. We'll yeah. we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
for real though, I did think that if you were to have a logo, it'd just be like the public enemy crosshairs, but with that, like an outline of your figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you could tell because you got like the the hat with all the buttons and the flowy hair on yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and uh, here comes the real fun part because I yeah. know after a long day of canvassing, you just want to. <laughs> regurgitate all this. <laughs> and you can see this all online on the Kalamazoo Socialist Party website. And of course, a smaller ver- version of it in pictures on your campaign Facebook page. Mm-hmm. That's right. What would you consider the main points of your campaign? All right. So, you know, building off of that, that base of, you know, really, um, you know, one of the unique things about our platform is it's uh, multi-tiered in a sense that we look for how can we accomplish these things for the city, and if the city won't do it, how can we accomplish these things just as grassroots organizers? And this is valid whether I get in the commission or not. There's certain things that um, I don't think the commission would necessarily pass or pursue um, unless there was a lot of buy-in from uh, you know city con- uh, consi- constituents. But um, I want to specify that a couple of the really big things... Um, that we're that, that we're really pushing for, you know, um, something we hear from everyone across the city, you know, whatever neighborhood they live in. Um, well, speaking mostly about the working class ones, this isn't really something you run into yeah. in like Winchell or Westmitch Hill. Well, well, very quickly, yeah. what what would you, I guess, consider the working class neighborhoods to count as would it be? Uh, the working class neighborhoods, particularly as we've targeted them, uh, our main targets at Vine. Um, Edison, North Side, and East Side. Um, there are a few tertiary neighborhoods that we're also going to hit. Um, there's some definite working class uh, s- stretches along, um, uh, kind of outside. I'd say between Westnage Hill and Winchell. Uh, if you if you if you're driving along Westnage towards Portage, on your left, there's a bunch of working class neighborhoods just past the Taco Bell before you get to Kilgore. Um, and then there's a, there's a couple of other little hot spots like that too, but I'd say like the main focus, um, if you're breaking it down by the neighborhoods are Vine, Edison, Northside and Eastside as far as like Ah, the working class core of Kalamazoo. All right. So, so, uh, you know, and this is, this is right from like my campaign leaflet. I tried to break down what are like the five things that are really most important to the campaign, um, one that comes up with every housing, 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 housing. So we're pushing a really strong housing for all platform. Uh, and you know, what that also includes is, uh, we want increased and, uh, actually, um, enforceable renters rights in the city. We want a tenant's bill of rights to be enshrined in the city law. Um, we also want to make sure that we protect working class homeowners uh, and, and, you know, fight back against gentrification, uh, which, again, has been starting to swallow up parts of, like, Vine, North Side, uh, East Side to a certain extent, definitely, and, and parts of Edison. Uh, we've got to make sure that people don't get priced out of their own homes and look at models that, you know, economically develop uh, the communities that already exist here rather than the kind of model that's being pursued by uh, the capitalists in Kalamazoo, which is like building up all these luxury apartments, yeah. trying to get the uh, bourgeois to move back into town. And, and yeah. you know, Actually, you do have some experience with this because I yeah. believe you did get priced out of a house of yours. Uh, that is correct. That's a really yeah. concrete example. Yeah. Um, uh, it was the yeah. house venue called Deep Space Nine, I yep. believe. 
And what, what happened to that is a, a local landlord, unaffiliated with uh, property management and stuff, but um, this, this happens time and time again. Independent landlord fixing up their property over a number of years uh, and, you know, told us there was an end game. He was eventually planning to sell it, so there was that transparency. But he told us at the last possible legal moment that he possibly could that we, he wasn't going to re-sign the lease. Classy. Yes. So we had to scramble and find a new place, and now... Uh, uh, Loopman Property Management uh, oversees my property. Who, uh, yeah, luckily I think they're just so apathetic about local politics; they just care about getting rent. They don't know I'm fun, coming fun, after them. But <laughs> fun, fun little factoid to all my devoted fans: the very first episode that we had Andy on, mm. it this just like happened to you, or was in the process of happening to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. we never got into it because we were just having so much fun talking about other stuff. Oh yeah, but yeah. I did actually ask you like, hey. uh, are you okay with talking about this? Because yeah. I don't know if, like, there will be legal ramifications. <laughs> yeah. Like, you go to court and they use you talking shit yeah. on a podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, Mr. Argo, why are you quoting Dead Kennedy lyrics about your <laughs> landlord on, on this podcast? And I come on and say, by the way, I got all the receipts of the stuff the landlord is lying about or trying to get money for that uh, he shouldn't. You know, that's that's the thing. I'm very litigious. but <laughs> so, Very quickly, yeah. Uh, Funny story, uh, of course I hate landlords and sometimes I get particularly angry mm-hmm. and I post, you know, the, a lyrics video to Dead Kennedy's Less yeah. Ancient Landlord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And around this time in Grand Rapids there was a controversy with a landlord who was like putting cameras in a trailer he was renting out, blackmailing the woman there. Uh, so I posted oh. a few anti-landlord yeah. stuff on there. Yeah. Next on my Facebook ads, well, not the ads, but like some random sponsored ad for an event coming up at the boss hall which was basically a landlord convention <laughs> i'm like why am i getting this fucking uh, thing those, those thought, algorithms man no, so i thought about it and it's like wait i made all these anti-landlord posts so they yeah. must think i want to go to that <laughs> yeah i then promptly spammed that page with a mm-hmm. landlord and i got banned from it oh yeah yeah um, anyway, uh, back to what you were saying. Yeah, uh, so, you know, a couple things I just want to cap off with the housing for all thing. You know, some people think that it's a weird pipe dream. There are other cities and even states in the United States that have pursued a housing for all program with a great deal of success. So it's not a completely, like, alien including, concept. Including rent control. Like, I think yeah. I think New York recently put through some legislation mm-hmm. for rent control. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is New York, you know. You can see America, yeah. highest price places. Real right estate there. capitalism has... That like, or San Francisco uh, are like the highest yeah. places. Yeah, they, they really have their tendrils in there. That they were able to get rent controlled in a state like that means like that can happen anywhere. And rent control is illegal here in Michigan. Again, that's the problem. Wait, when you, wait what? Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. Um, are you kidding me? No, really? I, I am not. Uh, that's what happens oh. when, you, when the Republicans do a successful takeover of your state legislature... They can pass laws that directly uh, uh, centralize and maintain the power of uh, your uh, friendly neighborhood slumlord. Yeah. <laughs> well, I legitimately did not know that. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Well, well, we're working on it. Well, well you know what? Need that, the rest of the state get on board with that, too, though. You know yeah. what? That may be illegal, but you know what's not illegal? Yeah. Seizing the property and imprisoning the landlords like Mao Zedong. Hey, yeah, it's what our cats tell us to do. (laughs) Meow, meow, meow. (laughs) All right, right, uh, besides housing, what are the other main 
points that I guess you're running on. I mean, you have mm-hmm. a lot, obviously, because I read through them, but mm-hmm. I guess, like, the main, the bold parts, I guess. Right, yeah. Um, I think the second thing I bring up, because, again, this is so worker-focused, um, you know, and I, I talk about in terms of, like, securing a living wage, how do you do that? The, the kind of policies that I want to bring to the table um, as a potential city commissioner would be ones that steer the city towards making sure that workers' rights exist in the fir- first place, in, in, the, in the workplace, um, that you know people uh, do not get backlash when they're trying to organize their workplaces. And there are a few things on the books here in Kalamazoo, but they are not enforced. And you definitely, uh, you do not see anybody in the city government really talking about this as an issue. We need workers to be able to unionize their workplace with support from the city and with legal support. Um, And I also want to steer the city into investing in worker cooperatives, where workers have a direct and democratic stake in their workplaces. Ideally, I think that's the only business that should exist in Kalamazoo. That would would be a very long-term uh, plan, but again, uh, well, that, that's not a good question here. Um, how how much of your campaign's uh, points sync up with the values and beliefs of the Kalamazoo Socialist Party? Well, um, all of them, because we basically, <laughs> uh, you know, basically the way that process worked is, you know, we had the uh, the so there's the national SP USA platform, then there's the Socialist Party of Michigan platform. We took that platform. We broke down all of the things, uh, kind of what you see on my Facebook page. Even that is still kind of, uh, you know, synopsizing the larger one. But we tried to really push forward those particular points. Uh, we added points that needed to be added specific to Kalamazoo. And we took the points from the state platform that we felt were most necessary and most actionable, things we could actually move on and put them into uh, the local platform. Um, again, what action means in our context uh, when, <clears throat> so they kind of go uh, to, uh, you know, what we can do uh, as a city. We w- we're pushing for a $16 minimum wage, and uh, we want to make it, uh, you know, policy in the city that a business owner or CEO that operates in Kalamazoo can only make 10 times as much as their lowest paid worker. Uh, honestly, we've almost had more successful with the latter because I've talked to a lot of workers who they work in like places like food dance or places with a lot of overhead, and their concern is like, well, if you raise the minimum wage too much, then won't uh, it might put me out of business? So like, okay, we'll frame it this way: just make sure we just want to make sure your boss is paying their workers their fair share, and that their their profit is going back into workers' wages and not into them getting, like, a second boat that summer or some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, a lot of this says sync up with the party there. Are there any particular points that, that you wanted to put in there, like, that weren't part of the socialist platform, but you're like, I want to run on that? Yeah, um, you know, that's a really good question. Because, honestly... Obviously, as you can see, the housing issue is very close to you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of things about, like, specific, like, how-tos. Um, you know, uh, when we talk about affordable housing, you know, how do we actually do that? You know, when we're run, run roughshod by capitalism. One of my big proposals is starting a citizen's land bank. Uh, it's something they've had a great deal of success with in Jackson, Mississippi. And that's when you're in a city that's set up where it's run by the capitalists, but if you vigorously organize a grassroots working-class movement, you can start pooling your money together as workers and, and buy up 
uh, vacant lots, empty property, um, and with the explicit goal of putting that back for community use as soon as possible and getting those houses into the hands of people who need housing. Currently, um, who owns most of that land um, are an array of capitalist pro property management companies and the Kalamazoo County Land Bank, which is owned by, uh, well, not owned, I'm sorry, I'm misspeaking, is facilitated by Mary Balkema, who um, is, pro you know, I, I like to say Kalamazoo has, is mostly liberal, you have some moderate Republicans in there, you know, at, at them, they at least capitalize certain parts of capitalism on the margins. Mary is the exception to the rule. She is a hardcore capitalist. Well, I, I believe uh, she's the one that uh, complained after Trump won the cans, won the presidency about uh, a campaign campaign uh, billboard being vandalized. Mm -hmm. Was that her? Yeah, she complained about that, and uh, well, she also complained when she got outed for taking selfies with Joe Arpaio. So you know she. Is the type of person that takes selfies with fascists and then bundles all of the county's properties so that the average prospective homeowner can't buy them directly. They have to do it through some some uh, rich investor who decide, oh, I'm going to buy up 20, 30, 40 lots today. You know? <laughs> this is exactly Very nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the campaign yourself. Mm -hmm. Yourself. Itself. Yeah. Itself, yeah. There's no thing to it's, fear, it's not, but the campaign itself. It's not you, uh, it's, it's it. Yeah. Actually, that's a good That's a good warning to the to the billionaires. There's nothing to fear but my campaign itself. <laughs> oh, and, guillotine, and guillotines. Guillotine, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> Which is totally not part of your platform, yeah. we assure you. Yeah, I think, well, at a prospective rally, I think one of the things I am going to say is, like, you know, consider the billionaires, the landlords, the, the crummy bosses... You should consider my candidate a war candidacy a warning shot, a warning shot across, across the bow, because, yeah, I ain't going away, and neither is the working class, and I will radicalize them, damn it. A, so compromise, a, comp a compromise between yeah. you and the gulags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> we will get into that. But, uh, okay, and, so Andy Argo, be... be uh, don't buck, uh, get bunked by organizing or else the real physical revolution is going to come to your doorstep. It's, 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 as Joe Biden said. Uh, he, said a lot, he says a lot of great things, especially mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. uh, okay, so it's been going on since April, right, this campaign? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how have you been running it so far? So, uh, you know, uh, this will be some good... Take notes if you're a leftist trying to run one of these things. Um, again... Uh, uh, I have a lot of experience being trained up by groups like Michigan United and People's Action. Uh, and they teach leftist progressives how to run left progressive campaigns, and they do it extremely well. I, I, I really attribute the amount of success I've had so far to the training that I got through them. What I'd really like to see is a version of that that's more explicitly anti-capitalist, because they, they stop short of saying the C-word. They talk about neoliberalism a lot, but that's, that's getting kind of into the weeds of things. So let, let me talk a little bit more brass tacks. So the campaign um, that we're running, we've been canvassing. We started really early, and you need to do that if you're, you're an underdog candidate running against people who have a lot of organizing and financial power. 
Um, so we started canvassing back in April, started tabling a lot of events, particularly in the Vine neighborhood. Uh, not only does it have a working class core, but I think it's probably the only neighborhood with a demographically significant amount of leftists. So we wanted to start off there, definitely as a jump, jumping off point. And students. And students. Um, students are a big, big thing. Yeah. I'll just say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hipsters. Hipsters, yeah. There's still a lot of them around, yeah. Uh, A.K.A. the Stoon yeah. Ghetto, which yeah. the Vine Neighborhood yeah. Association hates. A lot, lot more gutter punks these days. But, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're getting better, though. It's, it's, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, one of my characters yeah. is technically a gutter punk. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah I'm appropriating their culture. <laughs> Just like how yeah. Lil Nas X appropriates cowboy culture. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, no, it's white people appropriated cowboy culture first. He appropriated it back. You know, because the original cowboys, they were mostly uh, uh, black and uh, Latinx folks because white people didn't want to do that shit. It's, just, it's hard work being a cowboy. Ah, it's, uh, it's, you just so. got to hit that old town road to relax. You, you, you got to, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, uh, <clears throat> okay, so uh, how, how has it been run so far, yeah. your campaign? Yeah, so... Uh, like, what is the structure of it, I suppose? Oh, the structure of it? Um, basically, uh, we have... Um, I will say it is mostly self-run. I don't have, like, a treasurer or anything like that. Tristan is acting as the campaign major, ma- manager uh, slash uh, just still still the uh, party. She's still the KSP party treasurer, but her actual role, I'd say she's more like co-chair, honestly. Because she's been, she has been helping me run all this shit uh, well, so well. That's the thing. Um, uh, yeah. Honestly, I haven't looked into any yeah. of the other candidates. Yeah. Besides, I'm... I'm Straight up Grand Rapids now, so it's not like I could vote. Yeah, want mm-hmm. to. So I have you on this podcast yeah. instead of show my support. Oh yeah, um, and because I love you. Oh, oh but, thank you, Gary. But uh, but yeah, I noticed mm-hmm. when uh, you first started out checking it out, it kind of seemed like as a, instead of a single individual, IEU, mm-hmm. is you, Tristan, and uh, Emily, I believe her name was, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like working together as a team, but. You were, like, yeah. the figurehead in a way? Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to say that because, like, it's... I, I try uh, to think of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the thing is, like, I guess I've got, a mo- like, one of... I hate to talk about the highest, like, public profile. Like, So I'll, I'll step back and talk a little bit about... Well, well, bas- uh, well basically what I meant was, yeah. like, due to... Due to electoral rules, you can only elect one person. Right, yeah. But you kind of, like, subsede... Mm. Uh, what is that word? Uh, Superseded? Superseded. Yeah. yeah. I hate my language skills. <laughs> okay. So, but, but basically, you got around that yeah. by, by saying, like, yeah, technically, I'm running, but this is my team, so you're going to elect a team if you vote for me. Well, that was that was the original idea, and I'll, I'll go back and talk a little bit about that. So the idea of running a slate, um, other we've seen this happen in other places. Uh, sh- the Chicago DSA did that pretty successfully. Oh, so, th- so this has been done before, just not yeah. in Kalamazoo. Just not in Kalamazoo, and one of the reasons I thought it was so critical, one, uh, just on a personal level, I don't want to. I never want to be just the one white guy running for something. Uh, if if there was uh, if if the Kalamazoo Socialist Party had capacity to run a bunch of uh, you know uh, radical uh, non-male, non-white people, I would have 
just back their campaigns instead. Um, we were just kind of the ones who were willing to step up and do it because, again, you know, campaigning is it's really rough work, and there are people who are part of the party who, um, you know, I would I would say, you know, I would. I would have backed demographically, but they just are so busy working on their other projects and such. Um, so I say that to get back around to this. The, re the reason I want to do a slate, there's going to be three open seats for city commission in this election. And that's pretty unusual. And then mayor's spot is completely open, too. So what I wanted to do... What um, is his name? Hopewell? Yeah, Hopewell's stepping down. So we've got he will be open missed. spot. Yeah. Um, and maybe later we can kind of talk the nuts and bolts of the mayor's race, too. But, uh, <laughs> you know... Uh, so one of the you know the thing with this slate is it's strategic because what you're doing is you are tripling your your canvassing power, your campaign power by like you're sharing each other's lit, you're sharing each other's data, um, which is really you know a necessity when you are going up against. Uh, we've got some stiff competition. You know Jake Andrews, he's uh, chair of the county Democratic Party, um, kind of. Funny, funny thing with Jake, it's it's. Uh, I used to <clears throat> work with him a lot more closely, uh, 2016, 2017, um, when I was doing kind of like the Bernie Dim Enter stuff, and our paths diverged wildly. He's the chair of the Kalamazoo Democratic Party now, and I am the chair of the Kalamazoo Socialist Party. So, so uh, is he a centrist Democrat? Well, he's. I would say he's actually progressive, and he's oh, got okay. he's got some really good transformative ideas. Um, I don't really. Again, I don't see us as in direct competition with these campaigns. It's more like we're in competition against capitalism. Well, I guess. Uh, I guess if yeah. you were to compare him to any yeah. of the current twenty twenty Dem yeah. candidates, who yeah. would you compare him to? Oh, um, if I were any of the 2020 Dems. Um, I mean, we'll get into those debates later, but... Ah, uh, goodness. Maybe, like, Cory Booker or... Uh, uh, that, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he's, I'm, not, he's not that bad. I'm, I'm just, sorry, I, I particularly hate Booker. <laughs> but I, I was expecting you to say something like Warren or Jaden. Oh, or you know what? Actually, he, he's probably closer to Warren. I think about it. I was just trying to think of like <laughs> somebody who's a man and, and not what. But no, um, <laughs> no. I'd say his politics probably line up close. Again, he got involved in this inspired by the Bernie movement, so he's probably somewhere in the scale between Warren and and Bernie. So, um, so yeah, you're in competition, but he's still good people. He's good people. Yeah, I wouldn't mind serving with him or even uh, uh, Chris Pradell, uh, Patrice Griffin. Uh, Patrice is the only one I'm actually telling people it's like yeah I do plan to vote for her my third vote is still kind of a toss up um, but she's been doing a lot of really good uh, organizing uh, for uh, around housing and uh, you know folks yeah. on the north and east side so so there's three slots open yeah mm -hmm. how many people including you are wrong eight it's <laughs> crazy yeah nice. it's uh, not yeah it's a little unusual we usually don't have that many people running um uh, although I will, you know, not to knock them, a couple, about three of them came out of the gate very recently, and they don't really seem to have much of a campaign infrastructure, so I'm not sure how viable they are necessarily. Um, you know, I will say, like, uh, uh, part of the reason for the slate, you need that kind of uh, conjoined power, because when you get candidates coming out that have the power of the local Democratic Party behind them. You know, this has been actually, like, this is, a, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, you know, Jake came out and said his campaign knocked about 2,000 doors in three weeks. And um, 
Yeah, to be honest, like our our campaign compa- uh, capacity uh, in comparison is is definitely lacking. Um, well, let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess aside from what we just talked about was yeah. like the team aspect, the Sonic Heroes aspect mm-hmm. of your campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that as a good example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what what other parts of your campaign? differentiates you from like the other campaigns well i say that the single largest thing is that i have a systemic analysis of these issues um all of them no matter how good they are and i'm thinking of like jake and patrice in particular and you know chris is good i just don't know as much about him uh, all of they are offering they're offering reforms around the edges and they're not calling out the specific problems uh or systemic roots of the problems that they are seeking to address my analysis, on the other hand, like, you know, again, I am explicit. I'm a Marxist socialist running for this office. And, <clears throat> you know, um, you know it, it breaks down to, it's like, how we see solving these problems. So, um, and this isn't to, like, quote-unquote drag Patrice or anything, but I know, like, one of her projects is uh, Vibrant Kalamazoo, which is part of the land bank. And, you know, again, she's been doing a lot of good work through that, but it's also, again, connected to the land bank, which is the most overtly capitalistic function, or has, led by the most capitalistic functionary of our local government. Um, I'm also thinking in terms of, like, you know, uh, you know, Jake, he's, he's running as a, as a progressive Democrat, but, um, you know, they, he's not, he doesn't have the room to really call out capitalism the way that I do, the way that needs to happen in order for some of these transformative solutions to occur. Uh, I'm going to go back real quick to like my climate plank, just to illustrate it as an example. You know, some things are going to need to happen. Homes are going to need to become completely energy independent. Uh, our city as a whole, we're going to need to have to be able to grow our own food. Uh, multinational agricultural companies, consumers' energy have a vested interest against those types of solutions, even though they are absolutely necessary if working people in the city are going to survive in the next few decades. Oh, yeah. We yeah. we have a big reliance on them. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Remember this past winter when we uh, had that wonderful cold streak there? Mm-hmm. And it caused some, I guess, pipe to burst at consumers in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Our dear governor had to go on and tell, tell us to put down our... Thermostats like sixty some degrees for like mm-hmm. one day. Oh least. yeah, Oof. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. No, yeah, that sure was. Oh man, uh, I was I was working the uh, the uh, the cold shelters that we set up around town. Um, and uh, oh, dude, oh, man. oh dude, we, we'll get into that because I yeah. wanted to talk to you about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, actually, uh, let's get back to the candidates. All right, you already talked about yourself, Socialist mm-hmm. Party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, Jake. I believe you said his name. Yeah, uh, Jake Anders. Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how would you define the our candidates like politically? Um, uh, let's see, Benjamin. Uh, I don't know too much about him other than he showed up at a socialist party teaching once and asked him how we're not asked us how we're not Democrats and a lot of leading questions that made me think he's probably a libertarian. Awesome. Which, uh, yeah. Um, or or a centrist dem himself trying to get you in. Could be. Um, Gn Hess who I really don't know anything about. She doesn't have any material online. Um, or, or, no, I think, correct, and I think she did just start a Facebook page, but um, I don't really know a whole lot about her, honestly. Um, uh, Chris Pradell's been working in nonprofits for a long time. He has 
more significant following than I actually realized. He's very, very nice, very cordial. Um, I uh, do like his policies. I will say I think um, a lot of it is not much of a differentiation from the current status quo that we have. Um, although I will say overall the biggest thing I'm excited about is um, all of the candidates who I think actually have a shot at winning this thing have coalesced around uh, turning Kalamazoo from an at-large to a ward system for electing uh, representatives. This would be a huge step in uh, making sure people's voices and uh, people are actually rep elect representatives from their neighborhoods. Uh, so what difference between at-large and a ward system is at-large it's just you, you live anywhere in the city, you run, you try to get the most votes from the totality of Kalamazoo's voting population. Yeah, is, yeah are there any candidates that oh God, are any candidates that are just hard right MAGA wearing hats or anything? Uh no, that that type of stuff just doesn't play in Kalamazoo. Like I'd say the furthest right is someone who's like a corporate Democrat, uh, Peter Kushner, I think is, or am I confusing him with the movie guy? Uh, <laughs> Jared Kushner? No, 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 no. <laughs> but he's from, like, the Winchell neighborhood, and, again, it's Wait. very, like... His last name is Kushner, you said. I, I yeah. Well, uh, I'm about to say, uh, is he pro or anti-marijuana? Uh, you know, I think he, he doesn't... Well, that's another thing that d differentiates me from the other candidates uh, is, like, I actually have a platform. And, uh, <laughs> damn, damn it, I was just about to make a joke, yeah. you know, Kushner, marijuana. Yeah, Pete, Pete Kushner, uh, yeah. Um, I try so hard to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, this is some legitimate shade, though. Like, I've looked at the other candidates. Uh, they have a couple of points that they really want to get done, but we definitely have the most extensive platform of any campaign. Uh, yeah. Running right now. Yeah. So. How, how's it been here in Kalamazoo in regards to uh, marijuana? Like, are they still? Yeah. Are there? Because I did hear about some people wanting to pass, you know, measures not to allow recreational mm. shops yeah. here, stuff like that. So here's here's where I see it, and I almost feel like they're kicking the can down the road to see how this election pans out. Which whoever wins, I think we're going to have a progressive supermajority. So. Uh, it's almost like they're waiting. It's like a waiting period. Um, again, Kalamazoo, I, uh, it, attorney, city attorney Clyde Robinson has been overly cautious, I think, uh, to a certain extent. Uh, although, the, I think the writing's on the wall. Kalamazoo's probably going to become a major hub for cannabis in the Southwest Michigan area. That's where I see things going. So my main priority is making sure that, uh, and I'll, I'll tip my hat to the state of Michigan, they fixed some of their marijuana laws so that it's more possible for working class people to buy into it. Um, this time, six months ago, um, you literally needed like about between 200 to 500 grand to even get a license. Um, so that's changed now, and now there's even like a program for low income people to kind of buy in and get involved. I want us to take the next step though. I want to make sure that it is only going to be working class Kalamazoo residents who you know, more than likely were part of the former underground economy being able to step up and take on these roles. That way money stays in the community and we can run these businesses in a cooperative way um, where the people who uh, really put the most risk into getting legalized marijuana are the ones who are profiting from it. And probably the most work too. Yes. You know, yeah. it's a, it takes a lot to... Uh growing yourself as opposed to like mm -hmm. a big mega corporation that can just yeah. set up 
acres and yeah. fields of it. Hell yeah! I don't want I don't want uh, Monsanto Bayer or like uh, Marlboro or any of those those fuckers getting into my town. Um, I'd even say like what about the, American Spirits? Yeah, yeah. American Spirits. <laughs> uh, well, I'd even say too like uh, there is a business out of Portage Lake Effect that's trying to get um, a dispensary and some land to grow here. And my own concern about that, it is technically a local business in Southwest Michigan, but it's predominantly run by, um, you know, upwardly mobile white people, uh, not the people well, historically in Kalamazoo that basically deserve first dibs on this sort of business. Well, so, you know, to, to use one of the sayings, yeah. one of my favorite podcast uses, Street Fight Radio, mm-hmm. they're kind of like small business tyrants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true, and like I don't want to offend Lake Effect. I think they treat their workers rather well. It's more of just a systemic critique of just like you know, it's it's the people from outside the city with money who were able to capitalize on this first, and that part portage isn't that far, but no, nothing yeah, nothing personal, bro. nothing nothing personal, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Another another very fun yeah. question. That I know you couldn't wait to answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's been four months now. Uh, how has your campaign evolved? How has it evolved? So. Um, you know, when, when we first started out, uh, you know, I think it was a lot more of, uh, again, trying to take feedback from everybody about how the campaign should look, what issues we should follow. We've, we've got, so that initial runway is done. We're in flight. Um, now there was a huge schism and I don't know if, do you want me to talk about that now or later? Uh, It's all, I guess right now would be a good time, but it's totally up to you because, uh, Kind of like way back when our first episode, yeah. I asked you about the whole landlord thing. Yeah, this was another thing I was wondering if yeah. you wanted to talk about. Her well, I, I have a public statement about it on my Facebook page, and um, I, I will let those cur- those who are curious maybe you can put a link to it down below uh, or something. Well, like yeah, I, as yeah. usual, I always yeah. will link you know yeah. your campaign page yeah. and. Mm-hmm. All that great stuff. Yeah, on there. and you know, I don't, I don't want to detract too from from it. Or, I'm sorry, it, it you know kind of detracts from from the issues. But I will say real quick, just because we were talking about the slate earlier, the reason that no longer is a thing, uh, beginning of July, around July seventh, Emily indicated to us that she wanted to run her own in, independent campaign entirely. Um, now there was uh, there's some bad faith in there. Again, she pulled the trigger on that at a very late period in the election cycle, uh, and it kind of became clear to me and Tristan she'd been building her own independent team for a minute uh, without talking to us about it first. And, uh, you know, uh, what it basically boiled down to is um, uh, she wants to run her campaign a certain way that is not so reliant on socialist politics and calling calling for, for you know, workers' rights and stuff. She wants to run more really? of a... It's from what I've seen, it's more of a kind of uh, progressive left campaign that you'd see. Uh, now I have I can do some strategic critiquing about that, but uh, bottom line, what it means is uh, starting July seventh, we had to rewire this thing so that it was an, just me running and Tristan uh, for her part. She her only interest was running as a slate, so she stepped down and now is kind of taking on the role that she has now. Um, you know, my only, you know, I feel like if we do end up uh, not uh, sticking the landing on this thing, that, I mean, that was a really bad and untimely disruption. Um, I think it's part of the reason that we're having some issues with, like, canvassing stuff now. Um, although I think that ties into some other stuff. 
a lot of my core canvassing team has fragmented in the last year, and uh, a lot of our, our strongest base is made up of a lot of really socially awkward, um, <laughs> you know, uh, punks and artists and misfits who, like, literally, here, and here's, here's something that's amazing. We have ten people uh, on our campaign who volunteered to do art development, and just art development. Typically oh. don't need that many art developers on a local uh. campaign team, but, so we recently gave them an ask, and... I literally in ten minutes, I got like six artists to dedicate a painting or a piece to the campaign. Some of them multiple ones, uh, like based on our platform points. So it's like, um, do, do you have any yeah. openings to help set up the Spotify indie rock list? Yeah, for your there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's strength. There, we have some really dope ass support in the community. It's just I got to play to uh, the community strengths, and I think in the future, like. You know, canvassing is important, not just in an election. You know, the work that's going to follow when we're trying to, you know, get orger, workers to unionize the workplaces, when we're trying to start, start a tenants' union, that's going to require a hell of a lot of door-knocking, too. So Yeah, well, yeah. but how how has your relationship been with Emily since this happened? Well, uh, I mean, we're more so yeah. between your campaigns. Yeah, you, so um, just I, we're just kind of uh, focused on the bottom line, using the campaign to organize workers. You guys, you know, stick to that. Um, I guess the minute yeah. it happened, yeah. the split happened, God smack, smash hit, I stand alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, lots of great things. Like, I really don't, though. There's still, like, there's, we have so much support in the community. And, like, uh, you know, uh, as far as, like, me and Emily's campaigns go, she actually invited me to speak at one of her events. Um, I don't know if like that's her mending f- fences or maybe having some buyer's remorse about. Oh, the that's good. Still got that positive energy. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, I w- I am transparent with people though. Like, you know, uh, I don't agree with what happened. It's not just sour grapes. We have this ideological difference on how we view, view movement politics, which, by the way, I am trained to teach f- from Michigan United. Um, and that th- that's like stuff we were talking about at the beginning of the campaign, but. Her conception of movement politics, and this is what she told me, is um, I'm going to build a movement to get myself elected, and then I will vote the way the movement wants. That's not how movement politics works. That's not how it should work. Um, well, and, well, yeah, you yeah. know, you, obviously you should have people behind you. You should yeah. work with others, yeah. but you should still maintain a sense of self in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, this this isn't the Matrix here. No, not yet. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, really the fundamental difference. Like, you know, it, it, the priority to her became winning that seat. And to me, the priority is let's organize the working class. If that gets us to win a seat, that'd be dope as fuck. But we got to keep our eye on the ball. Because, you know, I actually had a little bit of an existential moment um, worried about whether I could actually win this thing or not. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to let my community down. I, I, I represent the, the misfits, and I was supposed to prove that one of us weirdos could get up there. Um, but then I went back and talked to people in my community, and you know what they told me was like, you know, you, we want you to organize the working class. You get up there, that would be really cool, but we appreciate what you're doing. That's what we want you to do. So, Well, there are three openings. Uh, yeah. Imagine if both you and Emily were elected onto there. I mean, it could, yeah, that definitely could happen. Um, I honestly don't think it's super likely. Um, I, I won't go into the nuts and bolts of that battle well, right now, but... Well, as far I mean, as I know, she hasn't made a statement yeah. about this, whereas you did, so... Mm-hmm. 
I think she's trying to kind of pretend the slate never happened, which is problematic in its own way. But uh, again, I don't want it to detract too much from from. And really, the only thing I, I say with like viability is just I know how strong the Democratic Party's machine is in this town because I used to be part of it. So. You know, the, the reason I have trepidation about saying, like, oh, yeah, we got this is because I know they've got, like, hundreds of, of old people and college right. students knocking on wait, doors wait, right so, now. Wait, <laughs> so uh, so you're just a volunteer, yeah. or were you, like, registered? What's that? Were you just a volunteer, or did you register as one, officially? Oh, uh, well, back in the day, I was part of the Kalamazoo De- Democratic Party, and then oh. I, I decided not to be an interest anymore because I, my politics got more radical. You know? Oh, nice. But yeah, there's there's still some photos from me a few years ago of me going to their events and stuff. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. I still have a lot of good connections with those people, actually. And I won't out this person because I don't know how they feel with me dropping their name. But <laughs> one of the funnest th- funniest things uh, we tabled at the Black Arts Festival, and we had a couple conversations with like established local politicians and candidates, and like there's one in particular who uh they they are they're part of the democratic party and they hold like a high office here in the town but like they're like man i hope you win so bad drag their asses to the left and i'm like oh okay (laughs) uh probably can't get an official endorsement from that person but it's still it's good to know that that kind of support exists you know yeah uh let's call him let's call him something uh George Soros. George Soros. <laughs> yeah. I got that Soros money. Whoa. No, no. <laughs> Look, I, I, yeah. I honestly used to work yeah. with Soros. It's pretty good. But yeah. then the payments started coming late. I know, and man. he just yeah. wouldn't respond. So mm-hmm. I just said, fuck yeah. Now I'm working for the Coke brothers. Yeah, Jeff Bezos gave me a better it, offer. It's a, I yeah, mean, yeah. the Coke brothers, don't, <laughs> they don't pay as much as the Coke brothers. But at least yeah. I get get paid on time. Yeah, exactly. And I got to yeah. pay my rent. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, that is a funny thing. The right-wing trolls, here's the thing. Uh, Only... We will... will, Actually, we'll get to that in my next question. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, this is a very structured podcast. Yeah. (laughs) It's also a hashtag free speech zone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless I don't like it, then I'll just manipulate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Defake it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, uh, how has the public reception been to your campaign so far? Really awesome. Good. Oh, man. Uh, And, you know, it kind of goes back into the piece about, like, oh, you're worried the campaign's too radical. And it's like, well, the working class people whose doors I've knocked on sure as fuck don't seem to think so. So (laughs) there's that that really, like, hardens my heart. But, you know, something I'd really suggest anybody with these kind of radical politics who's thinking about making a local run, the reason my campaign is as viable as it is, it's not the platform or that we got flashy materials. Um, It's that I've been putting in the work to do community organizing and to work with all sorts of groups all across town. Uh, I would say, like, and, you know, I have a deep history in Kalamazoo, lived here, you know, 32 years, went to high school here, so I've got those deep community connections. If you're thinking of running in a mid-sized city like this with similar politics, my suggestion would be find somebody who's who's lived there their whole life and make sure that, you know, uh, uh, 
Creating the, the conditions for a proletariat revolution ain't going to happen if you only organize on left book. Uh, <laughs> that's something when I see a lot of people say, oh, I'm really popular on, on Facebook, so I'll, I'll make a run. It's like, shit, dude, if you haven't been, like, volunteering down at, like, the local, like, food, food dispensary or with, like, local, like, uh, solidarity groups. Like, works, works for Vermin Supreme. Yeah, yeah, there you He go. just puts a fucking food on his head and walks around. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly, because... You know, I've worked with groups in this town that they don't align with me ideologically uh, necessarily, but we do the work together. Like, good good example, and I will I will say this person's name because it's an all positive, uh, Gwendolyn, <laughs> Gwendolyn Hooker. Um, she's an amazing organizer on the north side. I've helped her on several projects, just like, you know, literally doing door-to-door, passing out flyers and stuff. And she does amazing work for the community, uh, justice against bullying in schools. Uh, she helps out Mothers of Hope. Uh, and, uh, you know, she, she veers a lot more into, like, kind of the centrist uh, Democrat frame, I'd say. Like, she, she was supporting George Franklin in the last election. who's like, a lobbyist. Uh, um, I, I guess to be really yeah. honest, when I yeah. think of, like, shit like that, centrist, yeah. corporatist, mm-hmm. I think more like the big offices, federal and state. Yeah, When yeah, it comes yeah. to the local mm-hmm. level, it's yeah. more like, what do you do? I guess, I guess I'd really frame it as, like, I'm a little bit more skeptical of institutions than, say, I groups, mean, like, you, know, like, like you just mentioned yeah. all this great stuff yeah. she does. Mm-hmm. But then she, I don't know, did she vote Clinton? Well, probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's I like, don't know that for I, a fact, but... I, yeah. I don't know, let's, let's speculate here. Yeah. Just say it for the hell yeah, of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, are you really going to take that away all this our great stuff no, away yeah. from her. But you know, I say that because like I know I've I've met a lot of people who like they that would be their their uh, line they would not cross. Oh, I'm not gonna work with somebody who who thinks lobbyists should be washed up. And like you know, fuck, dude. These are the people who are making a difference in the community. These are the people that you need to work with as an organizer. And what uh, have you done in comparison? I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, wait, me specifically? No, 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 not you. Yeah. I know. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm kind of the the proverbial you. Yeah, it's like, what have you done? And leftist, left book user. Uh, uh, no. Ah, you fool. Yeah. You thought you were on the Garrett Schalke podcast, <laughs> but you're actually on the Nate Dubrog. Island. Oh, no, <laughs> not Nate. Uh, we, we will get to Is that the guy from Alaska that he's talking about? I get, um, I get we'll, them confused. We'll, we'll get that. All right, but, so. but, but yeah, so. Yeah, yeah so. But what's it been like going door door door? Oh, it's it's been great. It's my favorite part of doing this. It's it's my favorite part of campaigning. Just 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 talking to people, you know. And uh, again, not to sound like a dead horse, or no, not to beat a dead horse. Uh, yeah, the reaction from people has been super positive. More, way more than I expected. You know, I'll, I'll add a little something something here. Uh, so we thought one of our kind of uh, predictions or strategic problems going into this was thinking, it's like, well, I personally have a pretty, you know, I'm well known in the Vine and Edison, but, you know, a concern, like, when I come to the east side and north side, you know, uh, with um, particularly north side predominantly black, am I just going to look like some white savior doofus coming in to be like, hey, we should should all organize. But the thing is, when I actually go there and knock on doors, it's the exact opposite. As soon as I start talking about organizing workers, it's like, oh, man, yeah, we all have to unite. We all have to get together and fight back against you're, the bosses and that, stuff. You're, you yeah. actually show us a passion when you show up. Yeah, You're, you're not like uh, Steve Buscemi in that one SNL stuff. <laughs> How's yeah. it going, cool kids? Yeah, yeah, and it's like they should, they give me passion back. And, you know, that's, 
I will say that the majority of interactions you have canvassing, and this is just anything you do, it's uh, going to be like, you know, knock, knock, you know, hey, I'm here, here's my, here's my platform, here's what I'm doing, I'm going to work in class. Nine times out of ten, the response is going to be like, oh, cool, I'll look into this, thank you. Yeah, it's, okay, yeah. at least you're going up and talking to them, too. You're not yeah. going to be like the rando person who, like, puts a sign on a person's wall in the Oh, no, hell no, you got to oh, ask first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. not going to, like, robocall people. No, uh-uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you could afford it, you wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. Okay, good. Hell no, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, but you said... you. But you said, okay, this interests me earlier. You said you have met some uh, MAGA people on oh. during your uh, travels. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so I've actually only got two Kate in like face to face. The first one, I'm not let's sure. Hear, let's, hear, let's hear these stories. Yeah. The first one, I wasn't sure. I can't say if it's a MAGA person or not, but it's somebody who, when they saw the systemic racism thing, they were like, huh? Uh, and I mentioned. <coughs> Um, this is also a neighbor. This is literally down the street from my house. Um, so I, I mentioned Who will just, undoubtedly not be listening yeah, to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mentioned, like, oh, I have, like, a BLM uh, flag on my front porch. And it's like, well, all lives matter, don't they? And oh, God I got damn. down that <laughs> rabbit hole. And, you know, I, I used the metaphor. It's like, well, if, like, uh, you know, a house is on fire, you don't say all houses matter. You... you she just did not get it. But so, Mr. Argo, uh, what will you do about white genocide? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's, that's the thing. Sometimes when I frame it like that, white people get it. They do. Or I tell my story of, like, what it was like to drive around in Kalamazoo, me driving as a white person versus my friend driving as a black person, you know, like, same exact circumstances. That, that way, some, some white people are ignorant about this stuff. Some of them will listen. Some of them are just a brick wall. Uh, and then earlier today, is an, I had an interaction with somebody who was overtly pro-Trump. And it was an interesting conversation because I think I'm the first actual leftist he's ever talked to. So In the, person, in, not all along. In person. And I got a lot of this when I was talking to conservatives. I remember J20, a lot of conversations like this, where they're just generally like curious and a little bewildered. He's like, well, are you a Democrat or a Republican? I'm like, I just want to know if you lean to the left. And I'm like, well... Uh, I'm not part of either party, but I, I definitely would say I lean to the left. And he's like, well, you know, I'm all about Donald Trump, and I, I you know, I've got to say, like, if you support him, you got my vote. And, like, he's like, I'll look at your platform here. And, like, you know, he asked me about systemic racism, and I explained what redlining was to him and how, you know, I, these are very specific people that got screwed up over very specifically yeah, here in Kalamazoo. Which, which Kalamazoo, yeah. I believe, was technically a sundown town back in the day. It, it was, yeah. And you, you go in back into the history of this, like there's a specific list of families that get disenfranchised because of Red Line and Kalamazoo. And I explained it to this individual. It was like, didn't they fix this a long time ago? I'm like, no, not here. Like these people are still have never gotten, uh, you know, their grievances addressed. And he actually listened, which I thought was interesting. He just didn't yeah. respond. Well, why don't they just get over it? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then like, well, I asked him if he thought workers should control their own workplace and... He literally said, like, well, I actually think we should just leave the rich people in charge. And uh, <laughs> this is somebody who's been listening to a lot of uh, bootlicking propaganda, I'll tell you. Uh, and uh, <coughs> I just said, well. No, someday yeah, I might be rich. Yeah. I want to reserve that space yeah. for myself. Yeah, and, you know, I was like, well, um, I, I personally think the rich is what's gotten us into all these problems. And he talked about how, well, you know, it's really the government. And 
you know, I, I, fin I responded when he finished. It's like, well, but don't, don't like all of the corporations own the government? And he like paused and he was like, well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and, and then uh, at the very end of it, though, he was like, well, thank you for talking to me. But I'm telling you, unless you got a bunch of, you know, if you got something on your campaign website saying you support President Trump, we're probably not going to vote for you. And I, I responded very honestly. I'm like, sir. I don't uh, respect any American president, so I'm probably not going to get your vote. <laughs> even Osama, even Osama, Obama, Laden. Oh yeah, Osama bin Laden, bin Laden, uh, who told us he was going to get us out of the wars and Barack and uh, real Obama, you, you don't <coughs> Wall Street, him. and did you, neither of those things. But uh, you got my vote. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've been. I've been t talking to voters all day. My voice is going out, I guess. But let's, let's keep going, though. <laughs> oh, shit. We're out of water? Yeah. I got, oh. I got some in the backpack. Well, we got some down here, too. It's uh, nice. Oh, there is? Oh, thank you, Zach Elmblad. Oh, wait, wait. You got smart water, too? Well, this is this is like knockoff smart water uh, from the okay. Walgreens. Yeah, so, this yeah. podcast is brought to you by Drake Party Store, mm -hmm. where I get my smart water two for three yeah. bucks every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Home of great CBD products yeah. and a wall full of pictures of yeah. people they busted for shoplifting. Mm, yep. <laughs> okay, so that is the IRL uh, interactions. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. How's your online reception been? Well, uh, so I will state this. Um, we've got the second largest social media following of any of the commission campaigns. So, woo to that. Woo. Uh, and that's pretty strategic, too, because we've been sinking a lot uh, into social media ads because we get the young people young people to vote, then we've the got cool this election. Kids yeah, yeah, love the those cool Facebook kids. ads. They do, they do. Uh, we're going to be starting up a meme page soon. I'm not sure exactly when. Andy Argo's yeah. Thank Meme Store. Oh, it's it's going to be, uh, we're working, <laughs> I'm working with a DSA guy on it. Uh, I'm, I don't want to say too much about it, except uh, the name we've settled on is the uh, Kalamazoo Socialist Foundation for Excellent Memes. So uh, look, look out for that. That's... <laughs> Something right. to compete with Plant Parenthood because you get you guys got a decent meme page up there. In oh yeah, Plant Parenthood yeah. is the shit. They, yeah, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, they know they they know so much what they're doing is that they temporarily created an, a competing meme state meme page <laughs> yeah. that bashed themselves. Oh yeah, <laughs> media geniuses. Yeah. Oh man, somebody's they're splitting the international up there too. Oh no, uh, <laughs> uh, but. Okay, so, yeah, where are you at? Like, 600-some people right yeah, now? Yeah, um, 655 last I checked. Uh, and I, I, kudos to Chris Pradell. Uh, he really came out of nowhere. He's got almost 1,000, and uh, I didn't know too much about him uh, before he started running, but he's got a good following in Kalamazoo. Uh, actually kind of bruised my ego a little bit, because I'm all like, you know, like, oh, I know all the movers and shakers in Kalamazoo. I know all the, the grassroots organizers and nonprofit people. And then Chris Chris announced his campaign. I'm like, I'm not sure who this guy is. Is he really viable? And then, like, three months later, he's got, like, almost a thousand supporters. So I'm like, well, uh, I guess so. <laughs> Alright, and you know why why here. Let's mm -hmm. talk about some of the uh, negative yeah. interactions online, yeah. most yeah. of which involve mm -hmm. them. Let's see. Uh, you want to bring gulags in Kalamazoo? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to turn this into <laughs> Venezuela somehow? Venezuela, yeah, of course. And, That's a big one. <laughs> and I did particularly mention yeah. one guy from name by name, yeah. Nate. Yeah. He mm -hmm. claims that you are quote unquote 
liberal ass kisser. Liberal ass kisser. Who, who's who who's ass am I kissing? Who just wants, who just wants yeah. to get a bunch of clouds? Yeah, I'm kissing the workers' asses, I guess. In that, that <laughs> yeah, so, I, I will but. say, too, I follow your page and I have commented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have thought about it, and I have uh, basically contained myself yeah, when mm-hmm. it comes to commenting, because I could go more all out. Well, but yeah. I realize that you're running a campaign <laughs> yeah. here, yeah. and if I just went all around saying, ready for the gulag growth, <laughs> it wouldn't happen. Yeah, see, this stuff has to happen in steps. I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I remember yeah. the the post you made when you announced yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You did get one individual from Detroit yeah. mm-hmm. who uh, basically said, sad day when, you know, socialists have yeah. to run there, blah, blah, yeah. destroy mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, I will uh, say the the Americans, American reactionaries are really lucky that they, uh, the American left is uh, nothing like the left you'd find in Europe or in the global south, where, you know, it's like we we have debates about whether or not we should have Medicare for all. Leftists in like Europe and the global global south, their debate is like, should we send uh, billionaires to the gulag or just execute mm. them outright? Like, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, which type of <laughs> which type of bottle should I use with this firebomb I'm gonna throw at cops later? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. very real like German workers are pushing for twenty five hour work week with a lot of success. The yellow yeah. vest movement in France, which you know, you could critique certain elements of it for having a reactionary character, but when those fuckers want a wage increase, they they or like, you know, an end to neoliberal posterity, they fucking get shit done. Oh right? uh, well, one of my right. favorite videos out of that movement is yeah. uh they showed this French dude. He was apparently so enraged at a cop. He was like on an elevated street with a, with no offense, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. He just like climbed over the fence like Spider Man style. Like <laughs> climbed over. He did a flip on there yeah. and mm-hmm. he just punched that cop. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That, that's another reason why I tempered myself because yeah. on that very one, I put something mm-hmm. like. I love Andy, I would vote for him, but yeah. I would only truly support him if he promises to uh, bring about Lord, our Lord and Savior, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> plan, to, plan to bring gulags over the country. Uh, Which, by the yeah. way, I am not tanky, but yeah. I... Oh, shit. But I do, I do put in a lot of tanky humor into my mm, comments because yeah. it scares these... Right wingers oh, to death. Yeah, I mean, every time you make like a gulag or stand you up against yeah. the wall, yeah. they freak the fuck out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never fails. Well, the easy out is to listen to your pal Andy and stand in solidarity with your fellow workers instead of being an asshole. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. ne- negative trolling aside, yeah, uh, yeah it still has right. been positive mm-hmm. online as an IRL. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the funny thing about Trolls 2 is, like, you know, uh, well, Troll 2 is very funny, by the way. Oh, I saw that yeah. in theaters a couple months ago yeah. at the Wealthy Theater yeah. in Grand Rapids, Hollow. Yeah. So, billionaires, uh, th- there's going to be a meme someday. It- it's going to be that kid from Troll 2 uh, watching the trolls eat, eat, uh... Oh, my like, God. Jo- they're, they're eating him. And now they're going to eat me. me. Oh, oh, my God. God. And that'll be like, I don't know, we'll say like the, the Bills and the upstairs Jeff Bezos getting eaten by the trolls or something. Anyway, uh, weird tangent. So, the funny it, thing about... It could also be in uh, Eek, 
eco-socialists because yeah. they have to mm-hmm. turn them into plants to eat. That's, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'll, so... The, the interesting thing about the trolls is uh, I was actually expecting a hell of a lot more of them. You know, whenever you are an overt and outspoken socialist running for public office, it's like catnip to these people. Um, but most of them have been, like, there's only, like, one person I can think of that actually lives in Kalamazoo. The rest of them have been either, like, in one of the rural areas outside the city or, like, fucking weird-ass places. There's this one guy from Alaska who just won't leave us the fuck alone even though, like, we tried to school oh, wait, several I've seen, times. Yeah. I've seen that on your yeah. on the yeah. Council Socialist page. Yeah, it's like, what do these people do with their lives? They just cruise around, is like, he, different socialist pages being like, who can I say stupid shit to wait, today? Wait, isn't he the same yeah. guy who was worried about the Zionist media? Uh, no, no, that was different. I think that, okay. that was just... I think that was a guy with, our, at least somewhere in our spectrum of politics, but I was just like, dude, you can't... That's a dog whistle. Like, like, there's other ways to say that. It's it's got the point. Like, okay, dude, you really are being anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, shit, what was I going to say? We were, uh, um, oh, so the trolls, the trolls. Uh, So, yeah, I think it's interesting how, like, there's, there's, like, locally there hasn't been much pushback to our politics. It's been a lot more accepted than than I thought it would be. and, you know, part of it, too, is trying to really bring these terms back to basics for people. The definition, the original definition of socialism is uh, the idea that work, workers should have democratic control over their workplace and communities. You don't find that in Merriam-Webster, and you certainly don't find it in any of the reactionary fucking prop, capitalist propaganda that has been shoved down America's throats for the last 50 years. Um, even the definition of communism is a moneyless... Uh, classless, stateless society. And now, honestly, the only reason I don't call myself a communist in day-to-day interactions is because eh, we're not there yet. Workers need to control their fucking lives first before we get some utopian shit. Um, but yeah, again, like those are messy terms that people have mischaracterized. And uh, well, I'll um, tell you how you can really win. Mm-hmm. Forget the social label. Cultural Marxist. Cultural Marxist. Yeah. That's how you uh, run. I'll start getting some retweets or attention from Jordan Peterson and all them. Kalamazoo, uh, <laughs> um, Michigan. White genocide forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, okay, I guess I'm... It's been a long time since I've looked into, like, any city commission election, so... I've kind of forgotten how a lot of it runs, so yeah. mm-hmm. forgive me on this question, but how, what is the current, is there like a current polling that's telling you like the position of the candidates, school yourself? Oh man, you know, I wish there was. There's really, uh, polling companies don't usually do municipal elections unless somebody pays for it. The city's not going to do it. So... Uh, you know, unless somebody with a lot of money, like maybe David Anderson, wanted a poll put out, he would probably only include the mayoral candidates, though. Um, unless somebody like that puts out a call or an ask for it to one of these polling companies that does this work, we're probably not going to see anything like that um, before the election, which, again, yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. You know, there's no real easy crystal ball to this stuff like we have with a national election where you at least have some polling to get an idea of where people are at. Um, what we've basically got to rely on are metrics. We're like, how many doors have we knocked? 
what kind of uh, local support are we getting on social media? Um, how much is our stuff getting getting shared? Um, just generally going in and just talking, chit chatting with people at various like coffee houses, bars, and stuff. Have you heard of the campaign yet? You know, if if they say you yeah, heard about you, then that means we're doing a good job. But you know, yeah. it's not something you can quantify, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, final final one with the campaign question. It's a great what if question. What if? Ooh, yep. I now I, I'm your friend. I love you. Mm. I believe in you. If I lived in Kalamazoo, I would vote for you. Yeah. Actually, I'm hoping this podcast will help you because yeah. uh, Bernie Sanders was recently on the Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much ensured his win now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, <laughs> if he smoked a joint like Elon Musk did, then he, <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump literally would have oh. dropped out. Yeah. But, but, uh, Let's just say you don't win any of the three seats. Where do you see yourself going from there? Well, you know, honestly, that, that's the beauty of the campaign, is because uh, our whole goal with it is to, like, you know, basically get all this canvassing data. We like to say we're building a... So the Democratic Party used something called a VAN system, a voter activation network. We're building a WAN system, a workers' activation network. And this ties a lot into the whole movement politics theory. You use an election to build up and strengthen a movement, which, you know, you can use, uh, again, we're going to be in a great starting place for some of our future projects. When we're talking about organizing tenants or educating workers on how they can organize, like all of this data that we've been getting from knocking on doors is going to be invaluable in targeting the people we need to target. And also when we want to start doing, uh, we've done a lot of teach-ins. I want to start doing teach-ins monthly in different locations throughout the city now that we actually have a presence and a reputation in a, in a you know a neighborhood like the east side it'll be a lot easier to organize an event there and actually get a draw um i'd also say uh in the context specifically of elections what you use with this data is to figure out like where were your weak points what you need to cover um and then you have a base of support for the next subsequent election. So if uh, I or somebody else from the Kalamazoo Socialist Party decide to run in 2021, they would be immediately jumping off from a far stronger position than we did when we started this campaign. Uh, and uh, also, there's a couple things on the tea leaves. Uh, if if uh, the, the whoever gets elected, if they do really push the ward system, we could be looking at a 2021-2023 election where neighborhoods are voting for their specific representatives. And again, the vine being having the character that it is, I think it would be much easier to get a rad, an actual radical leftist socialist so or ba- anarchist elected. So basically, you won't be able to get a citywide gulag, yeah. just mm. one specifically <laughs> in the vine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fascists yeah. do not cross. Do that. <laughs> Actually, yeah. please do yeah. cross yeah. into <laughs> this gulag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please stand against yeah. this wall. So, I mean, it's... I've actually been thinking about how, like, you know, our election night party, I think we're going to call it the social, Kalamazoo Socialist Victory Party because regardless whether or not we get a seat, it's a win. It is a super win because we will have knocked on thousands of doors, talked to thousands of workers, and we are going to be able to start mobilizing and building a movement right out of the gate. And that's what I'm probably most excited about beyond even, like, getting commission seat. Because honestly, hey, let's, let's be clear about this. I like campaigning. Being a city commissioner is hard as shit. It is going to be a lot of hard work, and especially me going in as like the leftmost flank of this commission, it's going to be a lot of uh, hair pulling and uh, 
um, stress-inducing moments that I, I'm fully prepared to, uh, to deal with as a representative of the working class, but honestly, election night, if I don't make it, there's going to be part of me going like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dodge that very intense bullet there, but <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. Uh, hydrate, my friend. Mm-hmm. Hydrate. Hydrate. Yeah. But honestly, this... I know, honestly, you're concentrating on your campaign, but you have taken time out of your busy schedule to take part in other actions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like true. you recently took part in one in Detroit. Yes, that is and, correct. Yeah. And you just want to explain what happened, because yeah. I, I looked... I have the name written down, but I know I can't pronounce it, yeah. so please go for it. Uh, so, Movimiento Cosecha uh, organized a couple of direct actions in Detroit that day to coincide with the second nights of the... <clears throat> presidential debates in Detroit. In Detroit, uh, so me and a group of about twenty other people uh, blockaded. Uh, it's a street on Jefferson that leads to Canada, so it's an international yeah. border crossing. Yeah, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there. I was actually mm-hmm. in Windsor. I think like a week before this happened. So yeah. this was the Windsor Tunnel. Yeah, and I will say, just the 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 overall message was, you know. Um, you know, our human rights, the, the speak like the of undocumented people and immigrants, our rights are not a political talking point. It is not up for debate. Our human rights are our human rights. And, you know, that's that was kind of the message of that action. And then you had uh, another one of our comrades disrupt the debates from the inside. Uh, I did hear, I did hear yeah. some of that because I did, because I did... Go on to CNN's website, mm-hmm. and I watched the streams of those fucking debates. Mm-hmm. But one of our people disrupted Joe Biden, uh, shouted, three million deportations. And I think it's really, that is the power of these kind of strategic actions to help shift the narrative. You know, there I've met some, like, you know, leftists, communists, tankies, etc., who poo-poo nonviolent direct action. Um, but when you use it strategically, you can really shake the walls of power. For the next 10 minutes of that debate, everybody else on that stage was shitting on Joe Biden and the immigration record under Obama, which it's been kind of like, you're not supposed to criticize Obama. That's been like... The border-in-chief. Yeah, yeah. And, or, or it's used as a talking yeah, right, yeah. talk point. Well, Obama did yeah. this, so... Yeah. Are you, so, yeah, we should totally be able to do this. Yeah, and like Cory Booker, for my other problems with him, I will give him this credit. He sees the moment eloquently he was like you know joe biden you've invoked uh obama's presidency more than any of us up here you have to take the good with the bad it's like and his immigration record was bad it literally only looks good in comparison to our our current president because he's a fucking white supremacist but but obama got he got the infrastructure put in place for these fucking camps y'all shouldn't forget that (laughs) yes so uh what 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 was the result of this action uh, so the results of it, um, besides the you know, debate stage, uh, but uh, the actual because you were right out there, you yeah. weren't you weren't you weren't the one interrupting. Yeah, um, it would have been awesome if that was you. Well, no, I, I think it needed to be. It needs to be for actions like that. Somebody who's who's uh, actually a part of the affected marginalized population. Or the, uh, I'm basing that on the second time you and I saw Bernie Sanders speak in Grand Rapids. Oh yeah, and you were like. <laughs> Like, hey, watch this. I'm going to disrupt. Yeah, right. Mr. Sanders. How do you do that? Yeah. No, Mr. Sanders. How could uh, you align yourself with Hillary Clinton? Yeah, well, no, it was about the, uh, well, specifically that was about the election fraud that yeah. happened in uh, 
in that election, you know, and then we all found out, we all got proven right, you know, like, oh, yeah. oh the election was rigged. It, yeah, we told you. It, uh, <laughs> it was very disheartening, yeah. but you, I, mm. uh, and I believe her name was Emily. Yep. We, we did have a fun time getting hammered at the apartment afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we sure the, did. The historical yeah, yeah. gay bar in Grand Rapids. <laughs> just walk, because I guess it was yeah. like... 80s, 90s video yeah. notes. No, no better way after calling out our broken political system to go uh, listen to 90s music videos and it's get like, drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. seals kissed by a rose. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> they did this on the Batman, Batman Forever soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so the results of the action of that day. Uh, arrests. Yeah, we got arrested, and I will say this. Um, we were prepared to be in there for the whole weekend because we weren't sure what level of repression we get i mean this is a border crossing there's actually when i was doing the sit-in singing our protest chant i literally saw cbd uh pull up across the street the detroit police decide to handle wait, wait, it cbd uh customs and border patrol oh C- the wrong cbd C- <laughs> cbp sorry oh got my acronyms mixed up uh Bro- brother back yeah. in the day when i worked for the yeah. western herald Mm. We were doing a story on the pollution in the Kalamazoo River. Yeah. We were talking about PCBs. <laughs> I yeah. accidentally said, yeah, we got yeah, we got to look into these PCP in the Kalamazoo River. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a swim. Oh, man. <laughs> My editor, excuse me, Mr. Schalke, what did you say? PC, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so the wrong CBD, yeah. pretty much. Well, so what actually happened was we got arrested, taken down to Wayne County Jail, and... Uh, they just gave us all citations. We've got misdemeanors. We need to reappear in court. But that could have gone a lot worse. We realized uh, our attorney kind of told us the reason for that. Wayne County was way understaffed, and the Detroit police's resources were so stretched thin because of the debates that they literally did not have enough booking papers for us at the county jail. So they thought it would be way easier just like give them fucking tickets and let them go. You know, uh, I was about to say, yeah. so you, you got to reappear in court soon. I do, yeah. Um, I actually... Uh, Wouldn't that be a great reason for you to miss a state commission meeting? If you're like, <laughs> yeah. Miss, gotta go to commis- Commissioner yeah. Argo had to go to Detroit. Yeah, I'm sorry. We got civil disobedience arrest. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, that missed the office record. Right? Yeah, when you were there, were there any ICE agents at this protest? Uh, none that I saw. Like, uh, I... Because, uh, you know, there is always a fear of that when you're doing an outside demonstration with people who are, you know, either undocumented or represent that population. Um, yeah, and ha- uh, have you had interactions with ICE people around here in Kalamazoo? Um, I, I just realized I said ICE people. ICE people. That, that's a, yeah. I mean, I'm calling them people, so. Well, yeah. I, hey, hey, fascists are human beings, and that's very important to remember, because that means they can be killed. Uh, but, <laughs> 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 no. Oh, uh, uh, you, yeah. uh, good one, Comrade yeah. Argo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, allow me to break the ice. Um, okay, so, no, no. so have you ha- had interact with ICE Activity here yeah. in Kalamazoo. Um, only through in my work with like local Kosecha and not like direct interaction with an ICE agent. It's been more of like kind of uh, d- stepping up when I'm asked for protests and demonstrations, doing a little bit of uh, rapid response work, which we're trying to set up with basically is like a neighborhood watch to make sure ICE isn't in the neighborhood. Um, we have had success in drive- driving them out of town. I remember a couple years ago. This was right at, right in 2017 after Trump got in. Um, there were some ICE agents harassing people at the town and country grocery store. 
and people were able to mobilize really quickly, basically just like yell at them, like, get the fuck out of Kalamazoo, and like, we, we were posted up all over the neighborhood after that, and they they still come in here to do individual arrests, but they don't do raids, and I think a big part of it is because they understand uh, the Kalamazoo community will stir up a whole bunch of shit. Well, especially in. now, because yeah. it's always boiling hot, but now mm. it's, lately it's been going over. Oh, With yeah. the bigger raids, and William Vance Bronson... Mm-hmm. Rest in power, yeah. fuck mm-hmm. ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, by the way, just well, just for clarity, I was not advocating. Don't physically harm an ice agent. If you can, radicalize them and turn them into a Marxist. If not, uh, sabotage them at every move because they're trying to kidnap our fucking neighbors. So, so yeah, specifically yeah. children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even recently, the. Man who was deported to Iraq and mm-hmm. died there. Now he's coming back. And yeah. Off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So, as a city commissioner, what would you do about ice and Kalamazoo? Oh well, our biggest problem because we've got uh, we actually do have it's on the books. We have a policy that we are not supposed to cooperate with ice as a city. You know, kudos to the current commission for doing that. Um, and we've seen that actually. Put into practice, we didn't accept ICE money a few months ago, but the big problem is, how do you actually hold the police force accountable to not cooperating with ICE? Because, you know, I don't think I'm going to be shocking anyone when I say the majority of Kalamazoo public safety is sympathetic towards ICE and their goals. So, we've got to make sure, how is that, because ostensibly, on paper, the city commission is supposed to have authority over Kalamazoo public safety, so the big problem is, how do you hold them directly accountable to make sure that none of their officers are cooperating with immigration and customs enforcement? We don't have the capacity to do that now because our current police oversight board is pretty much toothless, so you need to build a board in there made up of people from the immigrant community who can advise and know their shit, and a police department uh, that um, is not going to, well, they're going to push back. But, you know, basically have the public pressure to counteract that and be like, no, y'all, look, this is city policy. You fall under the rubric of the city policy. You need to enforce it. And I also think at a grassroots level, everybody get involved with rapid response. Um, you can find their information. Movimiento Cosecha Kalamazoo has a presence online, both on Facebook, and I, I think you can get to them through uh, Cosecha's national page. Yep. But that's the biggest thing I could tell people to do now. Get involved in rapid response. We're, it's just building up in Kalamazoo now. Um, again, we need a robust neighborhood watch to make sure that our neighbors ain't getting kidnapped by the government. Uh, just, just think more right-wingers would get on board with. Cause, you know, apparently if the government's kidnapping brown people, it's not their problem. No, it's, it's, it's cool now. Yeah, 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 exactly. You remember just a few years ago, like, the government's building camps. They were all freaking out about it. Now that the government actually is building camps, they're like, oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of... We shouldn't have broke the law, but... It's kind of like the same people who think that they'll be the boss one day. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, you know, I don't like them. I could be the one rounding yeah. these people up. I could yeah. be defending America. Yeah, I love that Futurama meme, like, why are you clapping, Fry? You're not rich. And he's like, yeah, but someday I might be, and then people like me better watch their step. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Well, we talked plenty of your campaign, but, you know what? 
No, you're being very selfish here. Let's let's talk about something different, <laughs> Andy Argo. Oh, right. Let's do it's it. It's not all just about yeah. you. Grant, I invite you on yeah. here. <laughs> all right, my friend, let's get into national politics. Oh, boy. All right. Have yeah. you watched the Dem debates in July and June? Yeah, uh, parts of the first one, a uh, good chunk of the second one. Um, you know, um, I guess, I guess based on, I guess... I don't know. I don't know how you want to do this. Like, you want to base down on by the month or as a whole? How how I, do you view that? I'll just break it down as a whole. Um, uh, Warren and Bernie uh, demolished the resident centrists of the Democratic yeah, Party. Yeah, that was an epic yeah. team up. That's yeah. like Superman, Batman level. Yeah, Goku, Vegeta team out yeah. to fight Kid Boo. Even as a, even as a Marxist socialist, I was a, had a little bit of a grin on my face watching that. Just. Like, you know, well, Medicare for All won't do all that. Yes, it will. I wrote the damn bill, you stupid piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that course, Warren, you know, yeah. I don't get why we have Dems on here just say what we can't do as well as what we can do. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you got to rally some big fucking ideas to just the whole thing to follow with Joe Biden. It's, it's like trying the exact same thing again and expecting a different result. And... God, if it becomes the nominee, we're fucked. We are. Because honestly, I think there are a lot of them that could potentially beat Donald Trump very, in a very close election, but Joe's the one who I would say would definitely lose. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. also, he has an impeccable way of fucking up like his final moments in the debate. Yeah. Very first oh. one, what would you do your first day of the presidency? Defeat Donald Trump. Well, but, ah, you get to see a senile or just stupid. And the old second man. one, and I hate this with all the candidates. Yeah. The second one, they did their final spiel, but then included their websites. Like, okay, we get it. You don't have to advertise yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's like visit Joe Biden thirty thirty eight one. Is he trying to like hedge in on Deltron's territory? Exactly. Like, gonna... <laughs> it's the future yeah. we really don't want. Yeah. Joe Biden's <laughs> therapy, therapy. Just Joe Biden's brain in a robot being whimsically racist. <laughs> oh, did you see the latest one on his voice? Well, he's like equating poor people with like poor well, black people or some I want shit. Poor people is, can yeah. make it as the same level as white people. Oh, I mean, oh, oh no, 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 no. It's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is bad, but uh, but let's see. The second one I hated because CNN yeah. ran it. Yeah. And CNN, well, the first one I was in London, England. Yeah, and England is five hours ahead of us. Yeah. So whereas here it started at eight o'clock, it started at two in the morning in London. Yeah, yeah. But you have to be up pretty late to watch I know, that one. I know. So yes. I streamed them on YouTube, and it was like, and everything. By I. I get into this in another podcast, mm-hmm. probably with Zach next month. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, London shuts down pretty hard at midnight. Yeah, mm-hmm. which really surprised me. So I was like, "Shit, I got nothing else to do." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the second one, hated that because couldn't watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Even if you found someone who was like live streaming and doing like live reactions, yeah, mm-hmm. as cringy as that could be. Yeah. CNN just immediately filed a copyright claim and shut it down. Goddamn. Uh, it's so, important, man. Like, stuff needs to get out of the people. I know. So I had to go to their shitty fucking website yeah. and then watch them throw right-wing talking points at everyone. Yeah. Or like, hey, uh, huh? Bernie said this. Why are you? Why don't you like it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got to keep in mind, like, they're, 
they're not doing that as journalists. They're doing it. At, it's like an entertainment piece. They want to oh. pit people against the like WWE style. Oh, C- you know? CNN does that. They even had like facing off. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite websites back in the day was called Stuff Black People Hate. Yeah. It's run by a guy who described himself as half African American, half Indian. Yeah. He yeah. had an entry about Sienna. Yeah. He called it the uh, Michael Bay of News Networks. <laughs> he has some pictures. He has some pictures back when like they started doing like holograms and shit. Oh man. Under the caption, look at this fucking stupid bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, really. Oh man. That, that was the same debate. Yeah. No, they might as well just had explosions after every voice. You know, I, I will say, the thing I like most about the second debate, you know, besides my, my oh, there, colleague's there, interruption... Oh, there, there was many, on both yeah. both June and July, there was many great moments that made me yeah. LOL. So, I thought what was great about the second debate, the most recent debate, was it really... The candidates all showed each other throwing stones from glass houses. Because you had... Kamala's digging into, uh, you know... Biden. Uh, calling out Biden's record. She Bi- absolutely demolished. Yeah. Biden and Booker are calling out each other's records. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tulsi Gabbard chimes in like, oh, by the way, Kamala Harris um, is, is, a, is a cop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, the second debate, it's like, hmm, the cop, yeah. the cop, the class trailer versus the war criminal. Oh, Here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I got in a little bit of trouble. I have a friend who, she, she really likes... Kamala Harris, and you know, the thing is, her record is. I, I think if you want to be super fair about it, her record is a little bit more of a mixed bag. But there's some shit that happened under her watch, like you know, fucking the the prison, uh, you know, the prison pipeline for profit that she directly, you know, was open, you know, watched over and allowed to happen. You know, you can't just excuse that shit. Uh, and you know, I will say. You know, to to an extent, if any of y'all listening, you're like you stand Bernie or Warren or Yang, I, you're on I, the Yang train. I, I right. will say this: I do still like Bernie. Yeah. I, I have more love for him than you do yeah. now. I will yeah. say that. Uh, I do, I yeah. do like Warren. She yeah. does make me cringe with her. Like I'm a capitalist, yeah. but so yeah. as I see her, she's kind of like slowly entering yeah. more to the light side. Yeah. And and yeah, okay. I have a. Saw spot in my heart for Andrew Yang. Yeah, he oh, has yeah. no chance, mm-hmm. and a lot of his stuff with UBI I disagree with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's right about automation and That's UBI. Right. That's true. I see him more as like a John the Baptist character. Yeah, like he's yeah. foretelling mm-hmm. someone that will come in the future to really implement UBI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you know I think like it's just important. You know the superstructure here. I'm talking as a socialist Marxist. You know, uh, uh, broke, uh, Kamal Harris was a cop, woke, all of the candidates are cops for capitalism. So, you know, it's, and yes, that includes Bernard. You know, it's, uh, he, I will say this much, he uh, wants, I, I think his movement background is genuine. That's something we've never really seen from a president, even FDR. The programs he instituted were basically, you know, his dialogues and negotiations with the capitalists that are just like, hey guys, I love capitalism. If y'all don't throw the workers a bone, you see what just happened in Russia. Oh man, you know, kind of like, kind of like how you're campaigning now. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, I'm 
pretty much the only candidate unless yeah. you want these guillotines. Yeah, here. except I'm an actual socialist. You know, FDR wasn't that. I'm like negotiating from the outside. I'm like, hey, capitalists, capitalists, I'm just telling you, if you don't agree to this shit now, shit's going to get real bad. <laughs> FDR, yeah. political position, close enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, so let's see. So let's see. Uh, fair parts of the debates. Is there anything that, like, made you laugh at least? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think, like, what I, did, what I just talked about, definitely, um, you know, uh, I think I went over the big, like, you know, uh, flashy moments, you know, yeah. Bernard yelling at that, that poor young centrist <laughs> on his Medicaid bill. Uh, Wait, was that Tim Ryan? I think so, Tim Well, Ryan, that, yeah. that's the thing I wanted to bring up, too, was that Tim Ryan then yeah. said, you know, like, there's no need to yell. Yeah. Which he did promptly yell, though. Yeah. But, okay, but both, both Kamala Harris and Tim Ryan did basically went off with a... With the merchandise afterwards, mm-hmm. yeah. Kamala seceded because she did the whole "I was that girl" mm-hmm. and a picture yeah. of her when she was at mm-hmm. perfect, excellent yeah. marketing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm saying this as an anti-capitalist, you know. Oh yeah, good, no, job. good, good. Yeah, that's good Tim argument. Ryan did try to do something similar. But yeah. What did he put out? Tim Ryan 2020. There's no need to yell. Uh, yeah. Civility, he, everyone. Fu- he we, fucking failed. If we just had civility, the Nazis wouldn't be coming back, and we wouldn't be in an apocalyptic climate crisis. I know. Just better I, manners, everyone. And of, course, <laughs> and of course, since I'm completely Yang gang, as you yeah. can tell, <laughs> yeah, I do yeah, like yeah. how Andrew Yang mm-hmm. got, yeah. Andrew Yang did get more time to talk in the second mm-hmm. one. Yeah. He claimed in the first one that his mic was cut off, which yeah. I believe. That one was And of course... And of course, our our uh, goddess, hashtag or queen, Marianne Ooh, Williamson, queen. Yeah. backed yeah. him up mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, I will say too, uh, to uh, Orb Queen's credit, because uh, I know she's become kind of a meme candidate. She actually made some really good points in her uh, most recent debate well, about. Uh, oh, she actually yeah. does. It's yeah. a lot of stuff that we're thinking, but we know it's not politically viable. Yeah, like we, she's she's right. There isn't a lot of love in this country. She, no, she really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that sincerely. You yeah, know what I mean? Especially yeah. with the recent shootings. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah it, but you can't run on a campaign saying, yeah, I'm going to implement more love if elected. No, no, you can't. Like, the thing is, like, those kind of connections need to be remade from the bottom up because it's, yeah. it's the systemic rot of neoliberal capitalism. It's pushed individualism to such a degree that everyone is completely disconnected from their communities. And it's like, you know, I could, I could go on a whole, like, analysis of, like, why... You know, white supremacist shoot, mass shootings are happening as a result of like capitalist alienation. Maybe that's for a future podcast. But yeah. you know, it it really does. You know, like Marion says, it goes down to the root that like we don't feel connected with each other anymore, and we all have learned to like fucking hate the other. You know, instead of actually uh, having a dialogue yeah. with other people. The problem is that that's all she says. It's yeah. about love. It's like okay, but yeah. how are you gonna implement that? Like, then yeah. you realize that. Then if you look back, her, yeah, she's a, uh, you know, shill for yeah. various religions yeah. and health foods and that. And like, she's got okay, her own I corporate where, skeletons, too, you know. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, whenever she says something like that, in our Dragon Ball Z reference, yeah. I imagine Goku with the spirit bomb, yeah. but it's her <laughs> with the orb and just yeah. throws it down <laughs> onto America. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So yeah, uh, Orqueen, Yang Gang, 
Yang, Williamson, 2020, that's me. There you go. Yeah. That's a hell of a ticket right there. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, we did that. Just want to get off politics for a sec. I mean, it's not like you're devoting your life for, to this till like, November, so. No. Just, it's just, not. Uh, this, is, this stuff is important. The constant struggle of the proletariat. Yeah. It's a little older, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> politics are lame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about another thing I want to talk about. Yeah. As I mentioned before in this podcast, I returned earlier in July from my grand trip to London, England. Probably the greatest trip I've ever been on. Yeah. And I'll detail that later because I got you on here. And yeah, we should talk about you. All about you. Oh, <laughs> but you, you, it's sir. All about yeah, it's all about me, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you have to pay the big bucks to get me why on don't this we, program. Yeah. You know what? You already have your one radio show. How yeah. about you have a podcast too? The <laughs> yeah. Andy, the Andy Argo experience. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, the whole thing about like uh, communism will take over everything. It's like you're right. I, I'm just gonna replace all corporate media. It's just gonna be me. It's just, it's, oh, <laughs> oh, oh there. Unlike other elections, there's no no like. Uh, Negative ads or anything against other candidates, is there? No, uh, it's pretty cordial up in Kalamazoo. And, okay, you know, I was wondering, yeah. like, what would happen? Like, there's like some anti Andy Argo ones. I'm it, surprised there's not more. Right? It'll like dig yeah. into your past. Yeah, it'll show like your love of Electric Six. He yeah. likes this group who has their hit song "Gay Ball." You know, it's <laughs> hey, it's still pretty early. I none of the other candidates have run TV ads yet. I wouldn't be surprised if just like there's some. Probably the, a troll-funded group is just like citizens against Andy Argo and socialism. This they, pad, they this bring ad up, has been paid for. They bring up a video yeah. of you performing a system stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. And it happens to be like the one video that I put up of like your last per- <laughs> your your last yeah. performance. Ah yeah. But then I sue them for copyright. Yeah. Listen to this crossdresser's lyrics about. How we should eat the rich and how cops are. Do you want? <laughs> do you want a candidate who hates McDonald's and only <laughs> wants to watch Netflix? <laughs> he does. Andy Argo. He, he does says it. he's part of the he, working class. But he doesn't like who. He just wants to Netflix all night. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so uh, yeah, back in uh, I believe it was 2014. Mm-hmm. You, sir, went on a grand European adventure. I did. I did indeed. Yeah. Yep. So, you want to get into that? Because uh, we mentioned it on other podcasts, but I really want to dig into it. Yeah? Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to think of some of the best stories now. Well, uh, let, let's start at the very beginning. Yeah. Like all my podcasts, we just start at the beginning. All right. As it should. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you want to go to Europe? Oh, dude, it's just a long-term life goal of mine. Like, I want to I wanna backpack around Europe for a couple months, and there was always a lot of setbacks. I had to, like, kind of help out my family for, for a while there, and, like, um, just, you know. I, but I finally worked up all the money. I got it set. I was ready to go. I'm just going to go backpack around Europe for three months. Well, if I, yeah. if, I, if I remember right... I'll just let you say it. How much money did you bring with you to this trip? Uh, approximately three grand. A little, little over that. Wait, wait. Three, <laughs> what? Oh, shit. You got way more than I thought I remember. Well, three grand over three months is a lot. Not well, a lot. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we talked about this, obviously, yeah. when you came back. We had yeah. a welcome back party. Yeah. I thought you said you only bought 400 bucks with you. 
No, no, no. That was, uh, no, it was, well, no, it was three grand, and my idea was like one grand a month, and... Oh, I totally yeah. misunderstood oh, that. Oh, yeah. Then. But you were... With the way I travel, mm-hmm. on my week-long trips, I bring like a grand with me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, how the fuck did he survive in... For an entire summer <laughs> yeah. of Europe on 400 bucks. <laughs> well, what what did end up happening is I ran out of money around the, uh, the early, like, early during the third month, I ran out of money, effectively. Uh, and, we'll uh, get to that, but yeah. how did you go about preparing for this trip? Well, um, again, I just uh, brought the bare essentials, literally everything that would fit in one backpack, and, uh, you know, like, the clothes, just, well, two backpacks. And just brought basic clothes, just dust undershirts and like one long sleeve one. Um, just brought all of the bare necessity. I would recommend anybody, um, if you're going to do something like I did, buy your camping gear while you're still in the United States or while you're in Britain because you can get really cheap camping gear in the U.S. if you try to get it somewhere in Eastern Europe like Poland. I had to spend a lot more on camping gear than I would have if I were in the United States. And you'd think because the dollar's stronger in these certain places, it'd be the other way around, but we have mass production capability in the United States. It's much different there. Like over there, it would be like 500 bucks for like a Nintendo, whereas here it's like 200 just because uh, you can they bre- mass produce them for us. Yeah, here yeah. you can breathe in the sweet air of freedom at your yeah. local Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> Always low prices. Always. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I hate saying that. Like, yeah. So you know, I mean, yeah. work class. If you're gonna work class and go travel around Europe, that's what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, did you like have a travel plan in place, like, or was it yeah. more spontaneous? It was more spontaneous. I basically uh, my first week while I was in in, in Wales, I kind of planned uh, out my trip. Okay. Uh, so like. Like, I guess, like, like let's list some. Like, yeah. where did you go? Like, All right. London, Wales. Uh, and then uh, from there I went to uh, Paris, uh, Prague in the Czech Republic. Went to uh, Krakow in Poland. I went to Bucharest in Romania. Uh, I went to uh, Copenhagen up in Denmark. I went to Gothenburg, Sweden. I uh, went up to Norway. I went to a very small village in Norway called... Um, uh, oh shit! Uh, it's not called oh shit. It's <laughs> I'm forgetting Nord- the name. Nordic land. Nordic land. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, when I was in London, people two people asked me twice where I was from. I said United States. Mm-hmm. They all both of them said, "Oh, we thought you were Nordic." No, oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're all a big, big, sloppy mess of a whole bunch of stuff. That's Everyone in Norway nice. sounds like me. Yeah. And that means everyone sounds like they have Down syndrome. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, God. I just lost the Norwegian vote. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no. 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 That's all right. I think they, they can take Those folks can take a joke, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. No, no. Uh, oh, you think that's bad? Imagine yeah. how many Norwegian listeners I've lost. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about me? <laughs> I went to Budapest uh, for about a week and a half. Uh, By the way, did you see our former guest and mutual friend Charton Code while you were there? Unfortunately, no. There's a misconnection. We were in uh, the same city for like a day, and we just because that, that, that's where yeah. he mostly travels or yeah. lives and travels is Eastern Europe. Yeah, mm-hmm. spent a few days in Rome, uh, and then uh, a couple days in, in Brighton in the UK, and then uh, New York City for a couple days on the way there and on the way back. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
what did you do besides just like uh, go around and try not to be an ugly American and yeah. enjoy the scene? Oh well, um, at the time I was hawking my album a whole lot, which led to a lot. That's another thing. Yeah. Uh, you bought the Bear Essentials plus your System Mystic <laughs> gear. Yeah. So the very first part of my trip in New York City is one of my favorite stories. I'm busking in Washington Square Park. Full systemist to get up. I have my backing tracks playing on a boombox. I do like the full album. And uh, <laughs> this this one guy, this older guy, who's very super Brooklyn. He he had some questions for me. He's like, "So, uh, are you one of the art students from the local NYU's?" And I'm like, "No." Very Italian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like kind of like the Italian from the Super Mario Brothers movie. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Just like very stereotypical Brooklyn accent. Hey. Hey, yeah. And I was like, no, actually, I'm, I'm on a trip. I'm from Michigan. It's like, Michigan? It's like, what part of Michigan? I'm like, Kalamazoo, Mi- Kalamazoo, Michigan. And then he's like, no, no. You, you see, all the weird artsy people are supposed to live here in New York. All the normal people live in the Midwest. And I was like, sir, I assure you. Yeah, we got the a... Andy Warhols and the Greenwich Village yeah. and the, the, it's like, sure, and I, the spaghetti it's... and the meatballs. Yeah. I assure you, there are plenty of, no- of weird people in the Midwest. And he just started walking away. He's like, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I got to go tell my wife. Oh, man. Aye, aye, aye. So, yeah, just <laughs> if you're from the East Coast or the West Coast, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of weirdos in the Midwest. Uh, you also weird. did... England too, right? Yeah, yeah, England. And you told me this one how you came across a yeah. neo-Nazi that just oh, yeah. loved your ass. It's kind of it's kind of relevant to the weird political climate we're in today, honestly, cuz like I could see a current like alt-right or proto-fascist being into like public enemy or rage against the machine uh, yeah. or some I, shit. I will say this, since Trump got elected, it has taught me how fucking weird the right can be. Oh yeah. And especially yeah. the alt-rights like yeah. holy shit. Yeah. But is this guy who uh, I was talking to him about my album. Keep in mind, Systemista, a gender-fluid political rock, uh, political rap group that is anti-capitalist and pro-gay like LGBT rights. And British and a Time Lord. Yes, and a Time Lord, yep. Uh, There's a little bit of science fiction in there. And this guy was like, oh, I totally love that. That's great. It's brilliant, you know. I love Public Enemy too. They're one of my favorites. And you know, and now, then, what do you think of the Jews? Yeah, he's first. It's like <laughs> he invited me to his house. And he asked, "Are you Jewish?" And uh, I'm well, like, uh, "No." I mean, I've got a pretty big nose, but uh, you know, it's not. Uh, so I was wondering if like he's, he's being weird about that, you know. Like, and then he's like, "Well, I was just you know, I just think the global banking conspiracy is bad." And I'm like, "Well, yeah. I mean, that's all capitalists, isn't it?" And, no, it's just Rothschilds. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> that, but eventually Brass Taxi came down and was like, so you, oh, I'm so down with that, with your rap group. Oh, you're down with this? And he uh, wait, rolls wait, up Rex, a... was a thing back then? No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Uh, he's like, I'm down with that, like talking about like my album, Public Enemy, and all this stuff. Oh, you're down with this? He rolls up his sleeves and he's got a swastika tattooed on his far- <laughs> bicep. And like, I'm in this, t- this Wrexham, this tiny Welsh village. And I was like, no, I'm not down with that shit. And, and, and you're dressed up yeah. as Systemista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And it was like a very awkward interaction. I'm like, I, you know what? I'm busy. I, I can't make it over to your place. I'm you, sorry. You know, but, good sir, in my country, specifically where I live, your teeth would be caved in. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, 
It just it, it it gave me insight in the kind of cognitive dissonance a lot of these alt right and not fascists engage in. We're like, you know, they can. You apparently you can be a pan of public enemy, but still call for genocide of non-white peoples. You know, it's uh, fucking weird, man. Um, well, you know, I, I'm a fan of public enemy, and you know, one of their members that well, no one really remembers did once say the Jews caused all the wars. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck. you're you're a bigger public enemy fan. Which one was that? Uh, Some doctors, whatever. Oh. Uh, uh, was it Professor Griff? Yeah, I think that was him. He yeah. went on some radio shows. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, Farrakhan influence, and, like, especially yeah, in the 90s. And, yeah, Even like, Chuck D yeah. was like... He, <laughs> yeah. he cringed just as hard yeah. as when uh, Flavor Flav was doing his whole... Oh, thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a show! I got a show, everybody! This was at a Public Enemy concert in, like, 2008, and the crowd started to boo him, and, like... You could tell the rest of the band was like, oh, man, crap. Man. God damn it. Yeah. This is as bad as when we had that one member who made anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, anything notable about your other other places you visited? Um, well, I, I did take some time out. I went to the Zaget Music Festival, which I will say, if it's still going on, it happens in Bud- Hung- Budapest, Hungary, once a year at the end of July, early August. It's a week long. Uh, if you're making a Euro trip, I say make it a point to do that because it was probably some of the most fun I've ever had in my damn life. Is that the one where you saw Macklemore at? Yeah, Macklemore was there along with like 500 other bands I've always, well, a lot of bands I want to see more than Macklemore, but you know. Uh, How dare you? Yeah, How dare this, you not say this? This is the moment. Great, uh, greatest uh, white rapper of yeah. all time. All right, actually, I'm going to, all of my radical um, uh, folks in Kalamazoo, I'm going to tell you this right now. If something happens to me, and, or like I'm like tonight we we got to start the revolution now. Uh, I will post on my Facebook page the music video for this is the moment tonight is the night. Oh, uh, you're you're not gonna up. do Old Town Road. No. So everyone <laughs> stream can't tell me nothing. <laughs> you're to tell me nothing. Oh wait, er, oh wait, we're yeah. actually gonna do that when we storm Area 51. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, you, we're gonna, when we man. when we Naruto run into that fucking you, you're, place. You're spilling the extraterrestrial beans there, man. That's, no, everyone uh, knows yeah. we are all gonna class some aliens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think one of my favorite stories, though, was this really goes to this is a compare and contrast. So I mentioned I ran out of money um, near that part of the trip. Literally ran out of money right after Zaget. So I'm sleeping in a park. Yeah, and you, actually, you were in Italy at the time, right? Oh, no, this was still in Budapest. So oh, I was in Hungary shit. Uh, when I first lost all my money. And uh, well, I didn't lose it. I just... Yeah, Sorry, a lot, another reason why I wanted to talk about this mm-hmm. in light of my own trips because yeah. I remember these fragments from when yeah. you came back. Yeah, yeah. So and you had a lot to say about when you got to mm-hmm. Italy, specifically. Oh yeah, and this ties into that. Uh, this group of homeless people, folks who li- lived in like the kind of uh, Bu- Budapest metro. They took me in. They shared their food with me. They told me like where to sleep. Like again, language barrier. They didn't know English. They told me where they would, like, cook food, and, like, we shared medicine and food and toiletries and stuff. And it was just, it really showed me, like, 
just the power of like human solidarity and uh, community. Were they uh, squatting in this building? Um, well, it, it was like the underground metro, so it was like one of those things where like you can sleep here, kind of, but we don't. Because uh, really like, yeah. uh, I know yeah. Europe has a way more vibrant squatting culture. Than I think. Oh America yeah, they, does. they certainly do. Yeah. Way more radical. Ran, ran into that a lot in Copenhagen. They had a uh, whole bustling like well, warehouse. Well, that's scene. a lot of thing with Europe yeah. in general, like. Everything that we do, they do like a thousand times better and more. Cheaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that contrasts, like about a week later in the trip, <clears throat> I was broke in Rome, uh, sleeping under some very, very, very old, old bridges. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I still had like a leftover cold from the Zagat Festival, because, you know, you're dancing around with complete strangers for a week, many of whom from different, completely different parts of the world. You're going get, to get a little something. And I was like, if I could just get enough money for cold medicine to last me through the rest of my time in Rome, I would be a much happier camper. So I tried busking, panhandling, literally right outside the Sistine Chapel. In did you, did the you dress up like Sistine? No, this time it was just in civvy clothes. <laughs> Too tired. But nobody gave me a goddamn penny. Uh, neither did they give the the woman who's like next to me, who's like an actual like homeless person in Rome. In fact, like, one guy, who might have been Danish, I don't know, he had kind of an accent, he was just like, oh, that must be really bad for you then, because, like, I literally wrote my sign, American traveler, out of money, need money for cold medicine. Wait, you, yeah. you had, like, a round trout, roundabout trip. Take mm. it back, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I about So, to say, like, like, I how, bought how all of my travel tickets first, before, like, as soon as I got there, that's what I planned out. And that's it, another travel and, tip. An intellectual yeah. buys round trip, then goes broke. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Broke. Yeah, because you always have a way back. <laughs> if you can starve yeah. for just three more yeah. days. You'll just uh, end up on, like, a lot of uh, ferries and trains smelling awful. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> well, yeah, you yeah. dumpster died, too. Oh, you? I sure did. That's how uh, I survived well, that last couple weeks. As a former resident of Kalamazoo, where... At least when I lived here, there was a vibrant dumpster dive culture. Oh, it still I, is. Yeah. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. I dumpster dived many a time out Little Caesars yeah. get free pizza mm-hmm. after 2 a.m. when I got hammered. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was the dumpster diving in? Oh, mwah. it was exquisite. Uh, Especially in Italy, yeah. you know. God, fucking Italian jokes. Well, I was in these, like... So, yeah. so much lasagna, so yeah. much meatballs. So, so yeah, it's uh, it was really good dumpster diving in those places because they're all, like, heavy tourist cities. So you have a lot of people buy really good, expensive food and then, like, finish half of it, throw it in, like, a perfectly wrapped bag or container <laughs> in, in into a trash can and, like, presto, the, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There you go. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Did you interact with any people that, like, worked for the Vatican or anyone that, I guess, was... A priest or a cardinal in some way? No, not really. I couldn't even get into the Sistine Chapel because apparently you have to be wearing pants. So yeah, I, I, I literally lost my last pair of pants. Of, of, all, of all the um, of all the institutions yeah. to be complaining about decency. Yeah, yeah. The Catholic. Yeah, oh, exactly. <clears throat> but I literally left my last pair of pants in Copenhagen because I got way, way, way too fucking high with <laughs> some, like, uh, 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 Danish anarchists. Uh, so, <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, left my jeans in, in Denmark. I'm about to go to Sweden. Oh, crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, probably, you probably could have got some pants yeah. and some food and shelter yeah. at one of the many 
male brothels at oh, the back in bronze. <laughs> yeah. And they keep getting busted for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, well, well, one last place. I keep forgetting where you went there or not because I suggested to you. Did you go to Christiania? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. If people yeah. don't know, Christiania, Christiania yeah. which, which country is it located in? It's in Denmark, in Copenhagen specifically. Yep. And yeah. You, you yeah. explain it. Uh, so it's basically an anarchist collective that's been operating for about 60 years, and I visited there a whole lot. I spent about a week in Denmark. Uh, so what, what is it? Is it a neighborhood, or is it like a separate city? It's, uh, it's kind of a little of both, uh, and there's even like kind of specific sections. There's So... Christiania has been going on so long, it's almost like a tourist destination unto itself. So there's kind of a part of it that's meant more for, like, visitors, and then there's the actual part where people live and work and and sustain. And I got to know a lot of those people while I was there. That was basically my main thing I was doing in Copenhagen was hanging out with the Christiania folks. And a lot of the older ones I talked to, they, they did complain about it becoming, like, commercialized, but at the same time, they had a pretty good setup with the... Well, the were they angry at you, like, tourists like you are doing oh, this? Oh, uh, no, not at all, especially because I, I went there specifically to learn about how... Uh, you, weren't, you weren't like the yeah. ugly American yeah. taking pictures. Yeah, I'm like... Oh, you see, they got free everything. Yeah, I'm the American radical. I want to see how you have things set up here and bring that knowledge back with me. Coming from that perspective, they were a lot more respectful and honestly, like... Such amazing hospitality. There's this one night. I mean, I will say, man, it's Christiania. Christiania. They have a reputation for having really strong hashish. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Argo just rolled his eyes back. There's there's nights where they... The the memory makes you... They invited me over for dinner. And, like, my whole goal with, like, getting in those places to have these... I love just having conversations with people from different parts of the world, but they would get me so fucking baked that I would just sit there. It's like, um, um, um. It's like, huh. so, Typical fucking yeah. American. Yeah, can't one, handle the yeah, one night, like, it's like, uh, the American's pretty quiet, and I'm like, yeah, you guys got me way too stoned. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. And again, it's like, give, give him a to go yeah. box. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, stag- so, stagger back to his campsite. So, yeah. didn't you say, like, if you wanted to live there, you need to know some type of skill? Like, say, carpentry yeah. or electronics? No, yeah, exactly. You need to come there knowing how to, like, build, knowing basic medicine, like, having, making sure that you know how to, like, garden, and have something that lends itself to the community. You can't just be like, hey, guys, I want to move into Christiania. No, 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 no. You know, it's, you know I'm going to set up an artist pad here. I'm gonna I'm gonna set up my special indie Spotify playlist. Yeah, um, but, you know, in that sense, it still is is meeting like kind of the the that's its uh, goal from the beginning. It's like make sure that the community can sustain itself. They're still doing that. There is a little bit of commercialization that goes into it, but oh yeah, I've you know. yeah, I'll, I'm proud to say that I'm the one that suggested that place to you. I, in fact, posted a link to the Wikipedia article about on your wall, which your mom promptly replied, What the fuck, Garrett? (laughs) My parents didn't know any of the shit was going on. I didn't argue with her. I'm like, what? What did I do? (laughs) It's just like, we're trying to make sure our son doesn't go to dangerous places and do dangerous things, even though I did the whole time. (laughs) Well, well, Christianity, when I looked up, has actually have a history of uh, fighting off reactionary forces, it has, specifically yeah. like 
white gangs that yeah, try to go yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Including like our Norwegian chapter, yeah. the Hells Angels. Oh, that actually reminds me of a fun uh, Copenhagen interaction. That It wasn't at Christiania, but it's one of my favorite stories. I was uh, sitting around at Bulgiski Fabriken. This is one of these uh, pop-up squats that they were doing arty, artsy stuff in. And I ran into like some genuine like Copenhagen hood rats, you know, and uh, they, they were asking me a few things. They're like, you know, oh, you know, you... You, you'd feel a little nervous with this is like the bad part of Copenhagen and they're like you know do you think like you'll get robbed you know you're an American tourist you probably have money and I'm like Whoa. oh was this one yeah. of the famous no go zones that right wingers like to claim no no like these these folks were like actual like or oh which, yeah, by, which by, by no go zones yeah. it's a racist belief that mm-hmm. Muslim neighborhoods suddenly yeah. no fucking white Christian can oh, go in yeah. there without being killed. But, no, here's a hilarious thing. I, like, I'm on level with you. I actually have an ATM receipt from my last withdrawal. Take a look at it. And him and, like, the rest of his crew were just like, this is how much money you have? How much longer are you in Europe? Like, a month? I'm like, this motherfucker is crazy! He's here on, like, no money, and he's like, here, give me your rap album. And he put it in his, like, his, his stereo, car stereo. It was like, he was blasting everybody's, like, playing, like, basketball and shit. I very much like the yeah. song about McDonald's. Mr. Yeah, Marco. yeah, this McDonald's shit is, is dope. Yeah, dope fuck as you, you Americans say. Everyone yeah. now. Fuck yeah. you, fuck you, and fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, my next European trip... I don't know when it'll be exactly, since next year I'm thinking about going to New York for yeah. the first time, but Ooh, yeah. next time, I am thinking about Norway or Sweden, yeah. mm-hmm. totally not because of Amsterdam. Yeah. Nope, not at all. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Somewhere that's nice and vice-free, fresh mm-hmm. air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally not Amsterdam. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, overall you had a great experience. I sure did. Yeah. Um, so I guess even in light of going going uh, campaigning for city commissioner, any plans to try to do another big trip like that or anywhere in Europe? Um, I I will see how it goes. I think uh, and this is some good travel advice I'll give to everyone. Um, we've probably only got if we're really lucky another decade of accessible travel left before shit really starts hitting the fan. So. Um, no, that's when yeah. Jesus will finally come down yeah. and destroy the world, not yeah. the climate. So my my go my rough plan is if I get into city commission, four to eight years, spend doing that, and then uh, the end of the eight years, uh, maybe with my partner, just plan a trip, another trip around the world. I think this time I'd like to explore uh, Southeast Asia. Um, I've been to Europe twice so far, but I haven't really explored that part of the world yet. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring back all those great communist ideals at China. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a legit thing I'd like to do sometime is like go go to some of these existing communist states like China and North Korea and just like see uh, it from the horse's mouth as it were, you know. Uh, oh, you better, well, if you go to North Korea, better bring Dennis Rodman. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, make sure to get a letter of recommendation or oh. personal endorsement. <laughs> well, yeah. brother, that's all I have to say. We're going on two hours here. Yep. And just as I'm sure Bernie Sanders appearing on Joe Rogue Experience is going to get him elected, yep. I'm positive that you appearing on the Garrett Shelfie podcast will get you elected. I, I'm, I'm betting on it, Garrett. Bring me those bring me those listeners, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you would totally light up a blunt right now, yeah. you'd win hands down. Ah, damn. You'd damn. win all three seats. Shit. 
Yeah, all three. <laughs> yeah, all three seats and the mayor's spot. All right, let's end uh, this, dude. Uh, all right, I gotta get back home because a special yeah. podcast tonight because mm-hmm. uh, we usually record in the afternoon, mm-hmm. but due to Mister Argo's hardworking dedication, we had to start this at eight thirty at night, mm-hmm. and I gotta get up at six in the morning to work. Yeah, similar. Yeah, I gotta get up at seven. But yeah, and uh, a little background yeah. here: I was worried that. Our dear friend Zach Elmblad here would not be able to host us for this. But then, which he said he would, which shocked me at first. But then I remembered that, unlike us, some people are actually living out their dreams. <laughs> and, don't, and, don't, and, you know, don't have to work 40 hours a week. Get six up at 6 a.m. No, I just work 100 hours a week, but I do it when I want. There you go. Yeah. You're still doing a lot better than working at a warehouse. Put that. <laughs> Actually, what are you playing right now? I'm playing the Nintendo Switch, and the game I'm playing is Rogue Legacy, Ooh. which is like a, Does a that, randomly generated dungeon game. Where oh. Does that make you feel violent right now? That's <laughs> yeah, violence. Yeah, violence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. yeah dude, all I want to do is start hitting everybody Because we're bringing back yeah. the hysteria, bro. The yeah. late 90s, early 2000s video yeah. hysteria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, played, uh, I played Animal Crossing, and all of a sudden I just started chopping down my neighbor's trees. And, 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 uh, <laughs> I, well, I do hope comes back with the hysteria. You ever remember a, a, an anti-video game activist and lawyer named Jack Thompson? Oh, yeah. Bring back Jack Thompson. I do. I hope he comes back. <laughs> oh, man. He, yeah. he became big when, like, the Grand Theft Auto coffee mod came on. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. he kind of faded away after that. Mm-hmm. He got disbarred because he's a grifter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hope he comes back. Yeah, same. So, yeah. This podcast, Andy, uh... Anything you want to plug right now? Uh, you know, I got the radio show uh, out of here, Hood Rat Strategist Radio Program. That's from 6 to 8 p.m. on 89.1 WIDR, and we upload ish, uh, episodes every week to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well at that same name. Uh, again, it's a weekly uh, leftist um, uh, broadcast where we talk about um, national, international, local issues from a staunchly leftist perspective. Uh, other than that, please follow Kalamazoo Socialist Party page. Wherever, however the election turns out, we're still going to be organizing a fuck ton. And uh, uh, that, that's about it for now, at least I can think of. So. Alright everyone, and mm-hmm. uh, thank you for listening to this Two hours and 15 minutes worth of cultural Marxism. <laughs> Hopefully it's propaganda. Totally warp your brain. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. Makes you want to destroy Western culture as yeah. much as I do. On yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, thanks for listening. You can download this podcast off the Internet Archive, stream it on uh, YouTube. Oh, and you can find it other various places now. Anchor, Breaker, Radio Public, and Spotify. And you know what? Click on those links because uh, I can now do sponsored ads through Anchor. Mm-hmm. I have my first one up, which is for Anchor. And funny enough, they give you like a thing where they tell you, you know, say where you want, but put in these points. Yeah. I was listening to all the places, and instead of Google Podcasts, I accidentally said Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, that's... they're still paying me for it. I'm slowly <laughs> making my way up to $15 they'll give me. That's how I checked. I'm like 73 cents so far. Yeah. So, yeah, click those links. Help put money in my car. Yeah. There you go. Check out this page on Facebook. Yeah. 
check out my website, yeah. garrishelke.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. Catch me up on Twitter, at garrishelke. Yeah, we're good. Uh, thank you, Zach, for hosting us. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zach. Yep. Yeah. Right. Thank you all, folks. Uh, we're out here. Yeah. I got to get to bed. You see, to. Seize the means. I got to get to bed. I also have to pee real bad, so it's, uh, I'll do that first. Oh, what well, coincidence? Well, what coincidence? Because yeah. I have to shit my britches. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, until uh, next time. Till, uh, 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 That's a perfect way to leave it off. Let's just do shit. That. I just did. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, everyone. Here's the outro song. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fucked up, what the fuck?